Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Tuesday afternoon, 405 Tuesday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk, on AM 1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500, I have so many channels, i got to make sure you're all piped up here, and uh, we're all ready to go, and you're kind of hitting that, starting to hear about um, Godfrey, Gilbert Godfrey, oh my god, that's uh, really sad, uh, Dowd, I know he's like on cue, probably already has uh, uh, probably a Gilbert Godfrey. This is the amazing thing about uh, Down Night. I guess we didn't realize, like, after listening to all the impressions that we do, we do so many impressions, you know. But uh, Dow does whatever impression I do. He 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 makes it that much better. Uh, do you have a Gilbert Godfrey in the arsenal there, uh, young man? Uh, well, I spent many a year watching a child show called uh, Cyber Chase, which is okay. uh, funded funded by our military industrial complex, Northrop Grumman, at my little 199 oh, in the IQ. Building, in the building, by the way. In, in, in the, the building, building, yeah. yeah they're working yep, yep. on uh, ICBM to give there you the business. Uh, oh. The uh, it, it was Sponsored by Northrop Grumman and I think the National Science Foundation, it was a bunch of kids and they were off fighting this evil guy, but they used math and science in the cartoon. And, of course, when you have 199 high on the spectrum nephew uh a cartoon about measuring and math and multiplication <laughs> that's a big deal yeah. uh, and gilbert gilbert played some little duck that helped the kids named i think digit you know hey kids we, we gotta convert from miles to kilometers on this one and i just i would watch it and just think i know that i've listened to howard stern for years i know the real gilbert godfrey he is not child friendly at yeah, all no, uh, not at all and a uh, very funny guy though but very sorry uh boy one less uh laugh every time you lose a comedian that always seems to be i think the worst losses i don't know about you but uh when the lights went out on rodney and oh, uh, you, oh, know, oh. you know i don't care uh, big loss. Richard, you know, yeah, it's always just uh, a, a little more esoteric, Carson. you know, not the average American probably doesn't know a lot about Gilbert. But uh, when he would come on into Bela Lugosi on he would do his Bela Lugosi impressions on Stern. Come to me, my children of the night. What the beautiful music they make. <laughs> he would do these old Hollywood impressions that nobody cared about, you know, but I thought they were hilarious. So I'm going to yeah. miss Gilbert. Little, uh, little, see, that's the thing. You can first name all these guys, right? Um, when you think of Gilbert, Gilbert, Richard, you know, Richard Pryor, Rodney's only one Rodney. Um, Eddie, I mean, there's only one Eddie Murphy, right? Chris, you now think of Chris Rock almost every single time. Yeah, Chris, Chris, yeah, Chris Rock. Like comedians, they can literally just go by. First names, uh, Will Smith, you have to say his whole name because he's not funny. There you go. Now uh, we'll leave it right there. Don't forget, you can catch on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Dowd will return uh, at the bottom of the hour, near the bottom of the hour. So we've got an interview uh, right here uh, in the Kiva. We'll do that um, uh, uh, shortly. But don't forget, you can catch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to download our apps directly at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. And glad to be here with uh, you and yours is... Uh, one of our advertisers and sponsors uh, here on our radio show, not to mention a gubernatorial candidate, Greg Zanetti, here in the Kiva. As always, uh, when we get to crack Greg's head open, sorry, uh, just to put it that way, we kind of expand. Our, 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 crack Greg? Yeah. Is that my what, nickname That's now? right, Greg. Uh, Zanetti, right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you remember the you know Humpty Dumpty and all that kind of stuff. I thought you know? it was an allusion to drugs or something. <laughs> Boy, we open up your head and oh, we okay. expand our brains, uh, oh, okay. Greg. And I think that that's an important thing because so many people like listening to you. 
uh, <laughs> specifically when it comes to like what's going on in the world. We have talk about oh. the law of the 80 years and that, that was oh, big yeah. and under, understanding paradigms and shifts. And then, right. you know, we got into a lot of these things and, you know, we all need to relate this stuff back to the state of New Mexico. Sure. It's like the biggest thing of, of all, Greg, is uh, really trying to handle that aspect of it because, um, you know, the pains are coming. Right. We know that um, you've got the answers uh, for a lot of that, but uh, you and I were kind of uh, uh, talking uh, before the show and what type of pain, What where are we yeah. at? There's some things happening right now in the world. We'll get to all the, okay. I mean, if it bleeds, it leads mm-hmm. stuff a little bit later on in the show that people like to get to. But uh, Greg, welcome into the Kiva. Oh, it's, it's great to be in. And I like the setup because this is how we used to do it, where we did the real big picture and then we bring it to New Mexico. And what was always our goal? And our goal was, how are we going to help New Mexicans, right. you know, understand what's happening out there? And so for the listeners, what Eddie and I were talking about, you know, pre-show was two really huge things are going on right now that it's not being covered by Fox. It's not being covered, but certainly not by the mainstream media. And it's down my lane, Eddie. It's about money. And so what's happening out there is, let's just set this up. There are really three ways that money comes into existence in today's world. So the the old way, at least until very recently, is banks lent money into existence. And I'll just make a quick example. Eddie, let's say you wanted to buy a $300,000 house. Okay. Well, all right, you go to the bank and you say, all right, I saved up 30 grand. I'll put $30,000 down and uh, you give me $270,000 so I can buy this house from the dude who owns it. And the bank would say, sure. Well, Eddie, where'd the bank get the money? Yeah, how, and, yeah, that's a good question. How did the bank get the money? Right, well, they basically make it up out of thin air. And so uh, banks are allowed to do, this is really wonkish, fractional reserve banking. If you put down 30 grand, they've got 30 grand, you know, in their bank, right. let's say, and they can loan out 10 times as much. All right, well, Basically, they lent $270,000 into existence out of thin air. Well, here's what's happened over the last several years since the, you know, the global financial crisis is the Federal Reserve has basically been lending money into existence by the trillions, pushing money down to banks and saying, banks, loan it, loan it, loan it, get this economy moving. Well, okay, Uh, you, you can do that, except you know what happens basically they're printing money right and so that's one way all right but now here's the change over the last several weeks the federal reserve says whoa we got inflation running now yeah, but we got three bumps coming right i mean we're looking at three bumps of a quarter half and a quarter at least so we're we're going up a full point probably by the end of the summer right and so so to prevent them from hitting the accelerator which would be printing money and the break raising interest rates at the same time, they said, all right, well, we're going to now apply the brakes. We're going to be hiking interest rates so people can't get as many loans. Because you know this from real estate. I mean, the, the house you can qualify for at 2.5% interest, well, that's a much bigger house than you can qualify for at 5% interest. Exactly. Which is right where mortgage rates are right. now. Yeah. And this okay. is why we're going to start finally seeing and it's a good thing house prices finally come down. Right. You know, once you dilute the cash buyers, and this is why we see the cram down, crush down that will inevitably happen within housing. Right. Um, it's why I chose not to get a X amount of house. I got an X minus Y house for exactly, exactly this reason, because I, 
I'm going to top out getting a bottom out as in, instead of uh, bottom out uh, with a top out, which is what people are doing is people are getting as much house as they possibly can, which is a good thing in sure. most cases, but not on the downside of the surf. Exactly. And we're already seeing prices starting to roll over on the coasts, which is exactly how it started back in 07. I noticed and that California's hitting it. It is. They got the skids. Right. And so, and then the Federal Reserve said, oh, wait, no more quantitative easing. Well, well we can't be printing money like this anymore. All right, got it. Now, that's that's the first way, lend money into existence. And now they're saying, no, we're not going to do this. All right, second way, and this is different. The federal government can spend money into existence. So well, how does that happen? They just, what does that mean? Okay, they just did it with the stimulus checks. Uh, basically, all right, everybody here is a thousand bucks. Here's 1600 bucks. Here's 2000 bucks, 2400 bucks here, here, here. You bypass the banks. And now it's just a shot of financial heroin into the veins of the American economic system. Didn't we do something like that here recently in the state of New Mexico? Exactly. And everybody just decided, was like, oh, you know what? Uh, you've got uh, this going on or you're registered. Or like, didn't everybody just get money from the state too? Well, yeah. And so MLG. We're going to get Biden. another thousand. Right. Right. I mean, I'm not. But right. I mean, well, I'm, I will, I guess, but I, I, I don't want it, but it'll come in. And so now you're hearing about universal basic income. Uh, we're going to forgive all the student loan debts. We are going to basically spend money into existence from the federal government and push this money down to everybody. And if they don't do a direct injection, then what they do is they say, all right, we're going to expand the budget. What did you just see? What? Oh, 10 days ago. A five point eight yep. trillion dollar yep. budget when our debt has already gone over thirty trill in a slowing down economy. Okay, got it. But but how does that money get spent or how does it get created? Well, now this money goes directly to contractors. It goes to government employees. It gets pushed out into the economy, bypassing banks. And at the banks, at least you had to pay the money back. Right. So there was always a little bit of thought. Well, you know, I better have some. Well, when you get this free money just coming straight to you, now what happens is this. The inflation that we're starting to see now, this gets amplified. This is different money. It's not lent into existence. It's spent into existence. Spending money into existence has always, throughout history, without exception, ever, you have seen rising inflation where it will eventually end in hyperinflation unless you get a grip on this thing. And so if I told my clients or people out there in the public yet to get into crash positions, no, but I'm getting closer. Okay. What does that mean? I mean, your profession, you manage people's money. The Netty Financial, you guys have been on, uh, or I should say you guys, you, uh, but uh, you're you're kind of you guys. Yeah. yeah, And he's a, he's a great guy. Um, You want to. Yeah. Walt Benson. Yeah. uh, County commissioner. He's my business partner. Really smart guy. Smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the best. And Uh, we, uh, yes, we share a philosophy. So so. I think when you, when you look at this and we're talking about this philosophically to borrow your word right there and we're, you know, expanding upon and seeing what's inevitably coming. And you're saying that there isn't one time in existence where we haven't printed money and given people money and basically circumvented the banks and gave it directly to people that it hasn't resulted in increased inflation and more delayed pain. Right. And so you saw it today, you know, suddenly the inflation number comes out and everybody's like panicked. Yeah. Well, well, they should be. It's a big one. They should. It's the biggest inflation number in 40 years. All right. So going into a slowing economy with rising inflation, you know, rising food prices, rising energy price, on and on and on. 
All right, now that's the second way. And think how destructive that is. Now, the third way to create money, and this is why I'm talking about crash positions, is you can actually create wealth and then issue money based on the wealth that you created. So let's take, uh, for example, what Putin is saying right now. He's saying, all right, guys, you slammed my economy into the dirt. You've taken money from the banks. You have slammed my ruble down, you know, to all these lows. Fine. Uh, tell you what, if you want my oil, if you want my natural resources, you have to pay me in my currency, the ruble, or you can pay me in gold. All right. Now, what was he really saying there? He was saying, look, we're creating wealth. No confidence. Right. We are creating real things out of the earth right. with sweat and calluses No confidence in the dollar. Right. And you guys, and this is a great line. He said, you guys are just printing money. Your money's like candy wrappers. <laughs> I mean, Did talk, he say that? Yeah. He said, he said candy wrappers. He said candy wrappers. Wow. Our money is like candy wrappers. He He's said, 100% he, correct. Right. He said, you sit down at a keyboard and you create these digits out of thin air and you call it money and you want to buy our real products, things that we're making, not just here in Russia and our natural resources, but the Chinese stepped up and said, yeah, you know, we're sending you real product to your Walmarts and your Lowe's and Home Depots. In exchange, we're getting this, they called it inside money, but basically what it is, just computer printed money. And you guys aren't going to stop this at all. So what have they basically done? They are attacking the United States via the currency. And what did you see happen to the ruble? The ruble recovered all of its pre-invasion losses. You know, when it went down, when Biden first hit it, it's now higher than when it was, you know, when the war started. Because the world is saying, whoa, wait a minute. We're going to have to come, we're going to have to buy rubles in order to get our energy. Or we can pay with gold. That was fascinating. So he must be laughing every time that uh, we lend Ukraine money at this point because, oh. you know, U.S. and Ukraine are claiming victory here, and it's a Pyrrhic victory again. Right. Again. So the whole thing is, I mean, you know this from being a brigadier general and a decorated man. And, and the uh, by the way, you are the highest ranking um, officer uh, of gubernatorial candidates. I oh, think sure. it should be stated yeah. that. That's something that I'm not. <laughs> yeah. You don't even know that I said I'm like, how do you know that? I'm like, I just know. There's right. things that I know and conversations with you and the other guy. Who, uh, who happens to be running. Uh, I don't even know if I have a number for that uh, yet, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But speaking about numbers, numbers are important. And that is a key when it comes to, you talk about this fiat money that's being printed and who recognizes that more than anybody, the guy who's actually rolling out the actual product. And I think they're sixth, if I'm not mistaken, Russia is in terms of giving us the gas, but look right. how much it can change the entire world. Right. Right. They created the problems that happened during uh, Trump's uh, administration when we were having, oh, what are we going to do? Well, Saudis are going to cooperate with Russia and they're going to create a gas crisis, which is what happened. Exactly. Right. And so meanwhile, we have Biden racing off to Venezuela and, you know, Iran saying, and Saudi Arabia saying, open your spigots. But he won't go to Houston. He won't go to Roswell. He won't go to Carlsbad. No, those are Republicans are worse than communists. Didn't it's you know that? Unbelievable. Yeah, we Republicans, uh, we're worse than the communists, uh, yeah. according to Democrats. That it's insane. Right. And so, what what's coming now? All right. So we have these rising prices due to incompetence at not just the gubernatorial level here, because MLG doesn't understand any of this stuff. And certainly at Biden's level, where we're actually sanctioning ourselves now 
the way that he has set this up. And China's saying, you know, Russia, we're in it with you. India, India said, Russia, we'll help you bypass the sanctions. Iran clearly is in with the Russians. Oh, yeah. In fact, 24 countries voted alongside to support right. uh, what Russia was continuing to do. China, India, Iran, all a part of that. And then Turkey, a member of NATO, steps in and says, you know, we're, we're kind of with you on this one, Russia, as well. And by the Austria, Austria said the exact same thing. We're not going to be really. Doing, yeah, we're not going to do sanctions. We need that energy. If you think we're going to participate with you on this, that's a European nation, Austria, saying, U.S., we're not doing this anymore. So picture this in your brain now. Picture a map of Asia and Europe. Right. All right, let's see. Russia, China, India, Iran, and now Saudi Arabia pitching with the Chinese saying, hey, look, we, we may sell our oil in the Chinese currency as well as U.S. dollars. All right. All this is a, it's a financial monetary block that is forming to go against the West and the United States. And instead of us saying, whoa, wait, we can't continue to spend money into existence. We can't continue to lend money into existence. We need to start creating wealth so that we can counter this, this huge movement, movement on the other side of the globe. So how does this fit into New Mexico? Does New Mexico have the types of things that Russia has? Yes, yes. we do. <laughs> we have it's amazing. <laughs> We're sitting right on it. But uh, we've decided to close the spigots. Right. Um, Joe Biden's not heading to the number one uh, producing county uh, during Trump administration, Lee nope. and, and Eddie County, and number six uh, producing counties. In, no, he's not doing that to bail him out. What, what, what is he doing? Right. I mean, he's, he's, well, he's, He's basically shooting the U.S. in the foot every single day. And it's so stupid, Eddie. It, it, it can't be stupid. It's almost like it's part of a plan. I mean, look. If Greg well, that great new energy deal. Right. I mean, ESG, all the rest of the stuff right, is all there. Right. So if Greg and Albuquerque can, can figure this out, and I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I mean, these, these guys at the higher levels have to be saying, all right, this, there's some plan to this to bring down the United States in some way so that they can move towards some bigger agenda. And I know people say, oh, communism. That's all. That's exactly what ESG is all about. Right. And so, and this is why MLG, you know, does she understand that part of it? No, but she's just kind of the useful fool, you know, kind of thing that does everything that the higher ups tell her to do. So and what, she's, she's very good at doing what other people tell her to do in the Democrat party. Oh, it's stunning. It is unbelievable. Her, her ability to exit someone's got to basically, I, you know, for what I'll do respect, I know she's going through a lot and dealing with, but I mean, if you just, you know, with the loss of her mother, of course, of course, you know, I, and I'm just, sorry yeah, about that. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah I know. And it's just one of those things, but, right. um, <clears throat> and you, you having recently gone through that yeah, I yourself, lost my dad. Yeah. right. So, I mean, we, we have these, these things that happen, but uh, we continue on, but I mean, it's like someone just inserted a chip into her. You can get her to do, if you can get her to do the right things, just like you're sitting on the, um, what's the name of that? The Red October. Remember, he's on there. You can get the lipids on your stallions to deal with bolt. It's a simple matter of voltage. I wish we could do that. Because could you imagine where New Mexico could actually be if we weren't trying to, yes. you know, creating these perimeters around Chaco Canyon or, you know, right. uh, deciding to, to, to gear up for 2045? She won't even be around likely at that point. No. And we, we're dealing with issues because 
we're trying to advance an agenda, whether it's ESG or communism or totalitarianism. Right. I don't know what it is, but I know that it's not good for the state of New Mexico. And under your leadership, if you're uh, if your elected governor are involved with with changing the state, that those types of things wouldn't happen. No, no, we have to start standing up to the federal government. That's the bottom line here. And so you have to have a governor who's willing to say, no, we're not doing this. And we're seeing this in other states. <laughs> Certainly Florida is standing up against the federal government. We're seeing Texas stand up against the federal government. And we ought to do the same thing here. And so what would we do then? Well, we, we do what wealth producers around the globe have done forever, and that is you start producing wealth and not just lending money into existence or spending money into existence. You earn it into existence. But it's not wealth if we don't treat it as wealth. We're treating Correct. gas and anything with gas. I mean, honestly, with my thousand bucks, and just so you know, because it hasn't arrived yet, uh, of course, right. I bought a scooter. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, you don't want to why? Did you buy an electric scooter? Not electric. Oh, no, I bought a, what do you call those things? Uh, uh, I can't even think of the brand name. Uh, everyone was going to get them uh, back in the day. They oh, were, like uh, the mall cops? The one that they yeah, 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 that thing. I bought them. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know really? what? Yeah, because nobody was wanting nobody was wanting them. And I was like, I'm just going to ride around in a scooter all day. It's like, well, if we're going to go ahead and jump on this green new energy thing, I, 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 don't, need, I don't need it for gas. I'm just going to go buy one, Virtue Signal, one of the things that they're doing, and <laughs> Right around on sidewalk. See you. Segway. Segway. There you go. The Segway. And guess where that's made? (laughs) I just handed that money over to China. Right. 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 Because China's making it and we're not. Right. But you wanted to hand the money to China anyway. So I just gave it to China. Right. Because that's what we do. Right. Okay. So now let's keep going again. Why might we get in crash positions? All right. All it's going to take now is for that part of the world to say, you know, we're not really going to deal in dollars anymore. Right. We're going to use our local currencies mm-hmm. amongst each other. Right. And demand for dollars will drop like a stone. Meanwhile, the Democrats and our central bank have been producing dollars by the trillions. Yep. Or I mean, have to be. Well, Mr. Republicans too. Let's Absolutely. let's not forget when anybody, everybody stuck their hands up uh, in Washington D.C. It was the Republicans there who were right, right there, and there was a few. I think there was I don't know 10, 12 of them who stood up. And I remember everyone's pointing at the guys like, yeah, just vote for it. Why are you standing up against it? He's on the record as, as being the uh, canary in the coal mine. Right, right. And by the way, the same thing happens at the state level. But we have an awful lot of, and I'm calling out my own party here, but we've got to quit voting for all this stuff because otherwise it'll look bad in the next election. You know, you voted against, you know, little kids. Well, no, actually you're not. You're voting for the little kids if you're fiscally responsible with the money because everything we're doing here is driving that generation into debt and debt that they can't pay back. Mm -hmm. And so here's the plan. The Biden plan is clearly this. We are going to print money like water and we're going to pay off this debt with a bunch of inflated dollars and it's going to drive prices to the moon. And then we're going to blame Putin. (laughs) I don't think people are going to buy this and they're trying it. Well, they're not. The new numbers are going to come out after this inflation rate, uh, posting a number at eight and a half percent. Right. Eight and a half percent inflation rate. That's not like uh, dip your toe in the water. That's a, uh, if I could drop an F-bomb here, I would. A leap. Right. It's an F-bomb leap uh, into the, uh, is there any wonder, and I, I hate to say it, the cynic in me uh, comes out, I almost want to just bring doubt straight out on, on this, but 
the first thing as soon as I heard is the mass shooting and gun control and this right. everything. Oh, it's like, oh wow, we're syncing up things. Oh yeah, I'm sure this wasn't planted. I'm sure this didn't happen in New York City in the subway and all this. Like the cynic in me immediately says like distraction, campaign, agenda. It says to me that, oh yeah, oh the FBI is looking for him. The FBI know who the hell the guy is running around in a U-Haul in an Arizona plate. Oh, right. like like it might as well have been a giant billboard for gun control throughout and you have conservative talk show hosts like we'll keep you up to date with what's happening over there. We're, we're going to see about this terrible tragedy. It's like, like it was planned. Right. Like, I don't even know if there's casualties. Oh, we have video. It's like, okay, do you have full video with all the video? Can we get the, uh, you know, I, I happen to look at things like this and nine times out of 10, we're right. Just like Dowd pointed out in his article yesterday, when it came to the India palace, like, Oh, I don't even believe half the stuff I watch on TV. When I do even look at the TV, right. that's why I have the TV off all the time. And it's all about the agenda. How do we get people distracted from the 8.5% uh, inflation rate that people should be? You hear about that terrible thing that was happening in New York today. It was like some crazed gunman went out and he did all this. Like, it's a distraction. Right. How do you do it? Well, we achieve it because we have certain actors and people that are out there. Now, there could be some reliability that it actually something did sure. happen. And there could be some stories that come out. But immediately, they know that we're on to them, which is why they're delaying this. And you're saying, brace for crash position. We should have already crashed. You know that. Right. I know that. We're already in the crash. It's just a, a, a right. you know, the artificial propping up during Obama's administration from 2008 to 2016. Not one interest rate hike. Right. That's by design because that's Wall Street is like, well, we got to make him as successful as possibly we, we can because we just basically lent all this money and had to bail out right. Wall Street. It was all hedge fund stuff. Right. And who's the top of the world Thank right you. now? The Thank hedge you. funds. Right. The corrupt guys who are in with the three-letter agencies making all this stuff happen while they're right. stealing us blind and indentured servitude forever. Yes. No, no. Everything you're, you're, you're saying is right. It's this, this suction of money up. Yeah. And so who gets hurt the most by this? Well, obviously, it's the poor and the middle class. Yeah. And you use the word servitude. There is no middle class. There is. Right. It doesn't exist. Right. You, either, you either can or you can't. And most people can't right now even though they think they can, it's all paper money. Right. And so as governor, how do you then reverse this? Well, the way the middle class grows is by creating wealth. The way we did back in, you know, the early part of the century when we built buildings and we had factories when we made products. And I'm not saying we go back to making tennis shoes and t-shirts, but Eddie, the new stuff that's coming that was born in this state, what, the quantum computing? That's pretty real. Yeah. And that's a product that the world is going to need. And it was born here. Mm -hmm. All right. And Northrop Grumman, we just, uh, they're in the building. They're above, right. they're directly above me. And you were talking about the 23,000 miles. Of, what do you call that? Supersonic? Oh, oh, this was the uh, TR3B. Yeah. The and we're producing some of this stuff right here in the state well, of New Mexico. Something's going on here that should be, you know, the next great wealth creation should come out of this state. And what will happen then to the poor and the middle class? They will come, well, not the, the poor will become middle class. The middle class will become upper middle class. And we will. Well, what's happening to the poor in Santa Fe? Oh, gosh. $622,000. So uh, we got graduation rate. Uh, I'm going to bring up Dowd here. Uh, Dowd, I think we're in the graduation rate of somewhere around. Uh, what are we? Fifty-four uh, percent. Yeah, no, the they, they're claiming the numbers are up. I think in the high seventies now, Eddie. But again, oh, okay. you know, I, I'm with you. I, I'm at a point where I'm just not trusting the official sources anymore. They've shown again and again they fudge things, and sometimes they just outright lie. Yeah, and right. I think that that's you know, in when in the case of Santa Fe, we're thinking about Santa Fe here. And I think that right. that's in, incredible. Is like 
how do you get to $622,000 for an average price of the home? And right. it's only cash buyers, people coming in from Illinois, New York, right. Florida, uh, California, and Texas, people who can actually afford it. And it's displaced at a whole level of people. And that's why you see the high level of crime that's going. You see crazy stuff happening. And that's what's driving the right. crime is the separation as well as the haves and the have-nots. We have a record homicide rate because right. people are, are figuring out ways to commit crimes just to stay alive, to make ends meet. Right. And this is what always happens. Rising inflation, a breakdown of the money leads to rising crime, rising civil unrest, rising social unrest, rising homelessness. All the stuff that we're seeing right now, and instead of addressing it in a healthy way, we are instead pouring kerosene on the fire. Yeah. And and it's leadership. It all comes down to leadership. And so how do we reverse this? Well, the election's coming up. You're going to have a chance, but it's got to be, you've got, we've got to elect a team of people who understand the root cause of this. And then how do we buck a system that's going to be working against us? Yeah. And can we do that here? Yeah. You've been a voice for this forever. I mean, D. Dowd, he does amazing research, mm -hmm. but you're right about the trust in the institutions. Nobody trusts the mainstream media anymore. Yeah. Uh, do you trust the school systems? Of course not. No, yeah, but uh, I mean, they'll, the, the public school system will claim success for what the charter schools have been doing when we've seen a right. mass exodus of the people right. are leaving. It's like, oh, look how successful we are. It's because we're paying the teachers more. It's like, you idiots. People are leaving your schools right. because your teachers don't care and they need to be master vax before they decide to even tiptoe into their own classroom, which is their domain. This is my classroom. It's been it for 30. Like, you know, they're afraid to go in unless they get you know, the, the, right. Uh, the right amount of lead furniture and right. spacing and aeronautical, uh, <laughs> futuristic air conditioning. So they can teach the kids what right. I can teach my kids on Khan Academy. Sorry to say it, teachers, you kind of suck and you don't deserve the amount of money that you're currently getting. And that has a lot to do with culture, not because of your inability to teach it. They all have the ability to teach it, but they're right. so focused on what they're getting because they haven't been getting anything because in order for them to get anything, they've got to basically, uh, you know, pledge allegiance to the Democrat Party of the state of New Mexico right. or of this country. Let's not forget the Department of Education was founded in 1979. Right. Like it's not even the providence of the government, nor should it be. And we have seen that the government is very good at creating failure over and over. If they create 30 trillion of debt, why would we uh, en enable them to go ahead and teach our children when they're establishing things like CRT, critical race right. theory, or teaching children and sexualizing them at an un uh, at an unbelievable age? Right. So how do we fix this? Well, yes. how always do we fix go back it? to the money. Sorry. All right. Well, no, no. You, uh, Getting all excited. Right? No, I know. It, all right. So right now, the money flow in education starts with the politicians. Then the money flows to bureaucrats. Let's see. Then the money goes to unions. Then the money goes to administrators. Yeah. Then it goes to teacher, parent, child. You need a you need a Brita water water filter just to drink all that mess. <laughs> There's nothing left for the yeah. kid. Flip it over. Yeah. And if the money followed the child, parents would be pulling the kids out of these schools. Hey, man, I got 12, 14 grand per kid, and I can send them to any charter school I want. I could send them to Albuquerque Academy. Yeah. They could go to a trade school, an art school. You watch how this could turn around real fast. Because now all of this corruption at the top, you know, just starve it of money and push the power and authority back down to the local levels. And you watch what will happen here. But uh, another institution, do you trust the judiciary? No, nobody does. No. Well, I mean, the criminals don't because right. they always get a bad rap. And even when they let them out, hey, what's up, bro? How come you let me out? You know, and then when we let them out, all the other everybody else is upset. So you can't make anybody happy, which is why we should have just 
lock them up, throw away the key. If you do the crime, you do the time. But nobody even says that phrase any oh, longer. No, no. And the judiciary is uh, paid off because we know that we're trying to enable, I think, 16-year-olds and criminals, some of which are almost anonymous with each other, I dare say that. But, uh, you know, I mean, the, the effect of enablement that we have in the state of New Mexico because of quote-unquote understanding has driven our state into exactly the type of cultural mentality. Heck, we legalized it now, April 1st. Right. Yeah, we're the fools. Right. And so, uh, let's see, another institution, do you trust, uh, I don't know, do you trust the legislature and the governor to be really looking out for the uh, people of the state of New Mexico? I trust certain legislators, um, yeah, me too. but they're few and far between. Right. And the thing is, is uh, that some of the people that have been propped up, uh, the, we have certain Republicans that, that, that voted to legalize it. And I don't, right. I don't see them as Republicans. Do I trust our Republican Party? I don't trust our Republican Party every single time. I mean, this is another case in point. The, the guy who supposedly won your gubernatorial thing picked by the party leaders came out with the least amount of money. Right. I mean, come on. When do the Republicans ever pick a winner? The Republican parties <laughs> yeah, never pick never a winner because it. there's so much controlled opposition. It's like born to lose. And, you know, I, I hate to say it because, you know, him and I have been at odds with each other. But I've told you many, many times uh, for all of the combating and back and forth I've had with Steve Pierce, I'm a supporter of Steve Pierce. Right. I hate to say it because he's a decorated and I, there's, there's such a thing as patriarchy. There's such a thing as hierarchy. There's such a thing as tradition. There's such a thing as, is having statesmen, you know, right here, I, I do my show in front of Pete Domenici's portrait. The first one that he took, which I got That's from, from the picture. guy. You the saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like when he first just came out of being city manager and he went straight uh, and in front of the, 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 the thank you note from Nancy, right. um, you know, and I have that for a reason because there is such a thing. And, and that was the most powerful man in the entire country. Right. What did he control under Reagan? The budget. The budget. Right. And what have we been talking about since the very beginning? What is Putin talking about? Candy wrappers. What are right. we talking about? The budget. It all comes down to money. Right. The whole world. Power. Wars. Right marijuana, it's all money. Right. And this is the big battle. If we're circling back to the top of the hour here, that's playing out right now, right before your very eyes, there's a block on the other side of the world saying, we are no longer going to abide by this system of candy wrappers. Yep. And if you want our real products, you're going to have to pay with real wealth, wealth for wealth. And right now, the only thing you guys are printing or providing for export are printed dollars or electronic digits, and it's game on. And so, basically, there are two kinds of power in the world. And there's the power that comes from the real economy of creating wealth, and then there's military power. Mm -hmm. And military power derives its power from the economic power. Because without money, you don't have tanks, you don't have submarines, you don't have planes. It doesn't work the opposite way. And what we have done is basically hollowed out this economy, shipped it over to China where they're making things. And now we are committing natural resource suicide by saying we are not going to use any of the wealth in this country. Only the oil and gas and timber from somewhere else in the world can be used and we expect the world to abide by this? Yep. All right. So little New Mexico. All right. We get it. 50th and everything. What are we going to do about it? We're going to buck the trend. We're going to say enough. We are going to unleash the natural resources of this state. 
We have uranium. We have copper. We have oil. We have gas. We have lithium for these electric cars. We have potash for fertilizer. By the way, you want to go there. You wait to see what happens to food prices. With what's well, happening. I've already seen it. I mean, I just I right. get a subscription for my food. Right. You know, it's contained. I mean, they're, I've sent out, since I've been a subscriber, they've sent out two um, upsell notices that they've right. had to, because of the cost of everything, they have to increase my subscription. Right. And, and, you, and you and I have talked about this. What's the leading cause? I'm eating a lot more chicken and a lot less beef these days, right. let me tell you. Right. The leading cause of civil and social unrest is rising food prices. And you, you can track that throughout history and you'll watch it. You, you watch this summer, you're going to see rising food riots across the poor countries in the world. And then it's going to start hitting the United States because what you're going to see is scarcity. And then you're going to see rising prices driven by a scarcity of products. And this is what people aren't prepared for. So New Mexico has to become a productive state. We must start making things. Mm-hmm. And can we do it here? Absolutely. We have really smart people. What's better than money? The things that money buys. Right. And I think people oftentimes don't talk about these types of things. And I think it's important for an incumbent upon all of us to talk about that. And that's exactly what you do for a living is you talk about money. Yeah. So you mentioned team and you mentioned all these uh, uh, wonderful things. And I think that that's, you know, very, very important. But we're going to talk very quickly about <clears throat> fundraising and money and the gubernatorial race. Yeah. And there is such a thing as... Um, I hate to say it, being too sensible about things. Right. Keep um, going. Well, you, I, I don't know where I'm going to take you on this. It's up to you where you want to go with this based upon this. But the new numbers have come out yeah. uh, for fundraising. And I think you're a very sensible guy. Um, in fact, uh, my family, uh, extended family, all trust you with their money. Right. And, and I we've think, done well for them. Yeah. You have done very well. And I think overall for all of your clients and I get much, I get a lot of feed, a lot of feedback, a lot of feedback from people say, I'm so glad I picked up the phone and called Greg Zanetti and he's a very nice guy and he's a very ethical person and he takes care of me and my family. I literally had a guy walk sure. in here yesterday uh, who lost his job and he's placed all his money with you. And because he's placed his money with you, he has a future even after losing his job for refusing to get the uh, vax mandate. He's one of the most intelligent guys I know, by the way. Um, right. And he came in here to pick up some pens, by the way, and uh, some stickers. But I'm going to ask you with framing it and phrasing it that way, are you too sensible about money? Do you know maybe a little bit? I mean, you've managed the biggest portfolios in the world. And I think, you know, the paradox here uh, as, yeah. a, as a, as a uh, oxymoron is you're the third leading guy in, in terms of the, the money that's raised, but sure. you did kind of spend your money pretty wisely uh, in well, all yeah. of this. I mean, the, so the tell way... me, so tell me about that. And when it comes to a campaign, cause this is just air and time and, and labor that's, that's fleeting and passing. I just kind of like to get your quick thoughts. You know, I didn't ask for a single dollar during my campaign, as you know, right. Yeah. It was a, a few people. I think you were one of the, cause you didn't want to get bought and paid for. Well, that was it for me. Right. And I like, me too. you know, like a lot of people run around like, I don't need to raise money. I'm like, you're an idiot. You right. know, you don't have a radio station. Right. You have to raise <laughs> Nobody money. knows like who you are, you know, right. like other people know who I am and all that's good. I think if I were to ever, you know, I, I never will, but I mean, if I were to ever, um, you know, kind of do it, I've just used the public's money if they're going to do it. And I didn't use the public's money. 
Right. Remember, I, I got 19 and a half or whatever, 19% on this whole thing. Ran in with 13 days, you know, no public financing whatsoever. And I had the most memorable commercials and all that. And I just don't believe in. <laughs> you like, were very creative. In yeah, I was very creative. You know, as I used what I did and we won the debates and all that kind of stuff. Well, so let's stop there. On the debates, your <clears throat> persona changed from radio to debate, like flipping a switch. Yeah. I mean, on air. Well, I got to be mean, I'm, I'm auditioning. I'm auditioning for a job. That's a, there's a radio host. That's one job. And then right. impression. <laughs> yeah. We could do all that all day long, or we can actually be a city manager and run for the city and make the city a better place. And you're so, the nicest guy in the yeah. world. And I did, I did corporate world for fortune 500 and I right. could do that too. And that's, that's a different persona like altogether. But what I'm trying to get out with all this is <clears throat> When we look at the amount of money and what it gets you, well, right. what do you buy with the money and where are people going? What are people doing? Listen to radio, the TV. I'm kind of interested in your thoughts now that you're in the political world. Cause it, okay. it's just, it's just money. Right. It's just, well, I donated and you know, where's it go? I'm, I'm interested in your, your thoughts as the third, third guy in third. I think uh, Ron Ketty was first, Dow was second, you were third. Right. So, so like the politicians you. come in one, two. Yeah. One, two. There you go. And, and so. What I'm, what I've learned, and a little naive going into it on, on this part, is uh, the really big money doesn't really care about governance. What do they care about? Uh, they care about a win uh, in the red versus blue category. Okay. And so you look at a candidate. They want their team to win. Yeah, they want the team to win. Well, so, I'm gonna kind of give you a, an example of that. Uh, you know, the guy that uh, raped, I believe, like uh, what was it, 28 women? Uh, Dowd, what's the guy's name? It just got signed by the. <clears throat> who who generally plays, I think, the most um, uh, for for their players? Uh, Doubt, I believe that's the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's them, and they did it again. <laughs> oh, Deshaun, bought, Deshaun Deshaun Watson. Watson. Look that up, Doubt. What okay. Doubt's gonna? I, I hate asking Doubt about anything with regard to money, especially during a time like this when you know we have taxes and the IRS and all that kind of stuff. But when Doubt looks at this for all the bad behavior this man has created, he received the most amount of money. So you're, you're, you're uh, facing 22 civil lawsuits, even though the grand jury declined to indict him. <laughs> right. But, you know, <laughs> 22 civil lawsuits, <laughs> you might as well go ahead and get indicted. Yeah, well, there, there, <laughs> there, there you go. So, OK, so now uh, continue. OK, well, uh, by the way, I'm not drawing any parallels between. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm Watson. just talking about where money goes. Money doesn't always go towards the sort of highest and best I'm sort of making a, a, a case right. for you staying in the race here. Well, no, I'm not leaving the race at all. Yeah. Well, I, I think mean, we should, we should talk about all of those. Those are important things because yeah, it, uh, you know, that that's what came out yesterday. Uh, oh yeah. That was, uh, Oh, what's his Joe name? Monahan. Monahan. Joe yeah. Monahan. And he said, well, he said, you said, Oh, I know. So Eddie ought to get out of the race. I kind of thought, no, it doesn't sound like Eddie, but you know, it's, and even if you did say that it doesn't matter, you and our friends Yeah, and we've, you know, respect for each other over a long time, but there are now there are a lot of people in this race saying, "Look, we're counting on you, buddy." Okay. And you think I'm going to drop out now? You got rocks in your head. Yeah. We've got a way to turn this state around, and uh, that's the pitch I make to your audience all the time. Look, guys, how are we going to win this thing? Is it going to be money or votes? All right, your radio station is how many tens of thousands of people? Mm -hmm. All right, let's do the math. What do you think, Eddie? We're going to have 130,000 voters in the primary. Yeah. When Pierce ran four years ago, unopposed, mm -hmm. so there was no interest, you know, unopposed. Yeah. 
70,000 Republicans voted in the primary in a state of 2 million. Mm -hmm. Okay, this time we've got four or five of us in the race. What do you think? Double it? Maybe 130, 140,000 voters? Okay. I'd say I'd I'd peg it at about 140. All right. So you need to get 50 to 60,000 votes and you win. I got 20, I got 22,000. Right. On this radio station. Yeah. This radio station. Just at the end of the AM dial, nobody listens and (laughs) nobody understands who I am or anything. Your, your, your audience can win this election, Uh, you know, irrespective of $2 million spent on ads, you know, running continuously, everybody goes, okay, he's, everybody's for securing the running at 2,000 Watts though. I mean, they, they were just jamming my signal. They're, other parts of factions you know, of the Republican Party. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. You see, I was going to call you. Did you notice you how it got cleared up? Yeah, what happened? I sent out some text messages and stuff gets. No, it, no, the signal is kind of, kind of, kind of crazy how things happen that way, right? Right. Yeah, we literally just sent out six text messages to six different people, and somehow, miraculously, it just—I don't know—I let them know I might just start driving around the city. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of crazy like that, you know. It's like, oh, actually, oh, where's no, that? Where's that coming from? You talked mm. about this during your campaign. That what you were going to do if you were mayor is you would just drive around the city. Yes, that's exactly what I will do right. if I were to ever become anything like that. Uh, the state—that's what you're doing, right? You're right. driving around the state, right? And in you know the army, we call this leadership by wandering around. Yeah, and you get out of your stupid office and you get down to the motor pool. And you talk to the private. I would never, if I had one mayor, I would never have even been in the office. Right. Come and see me in my office, my my mayor's office. Uh, Like, what kind of stupidity is that? Like, you got to go see everybody in town. Right. And so I always felt like when I was in the office that I'm in the wrong place. There's nothing going on here. You know, unless it was disciplinary action and you got to bring somebody in for Article 15 or something. But otherwise... Yeah, leadership by wandering around. You were going to do it around the city. I'm doing it around the state right now. And you listen to these people. You know, you talk to you, go back into the kitchen after one of these events, one of these forums, you know, these dinners with 10 people at the table. Go back to the kitchen and talk to the people, you know, the tattoos that run from, you know, they've got sleeves. They're really smart, Mm -hmm. not stupid at all. They all have a story. Yep. And, they know what's going on out there. My favorite guys are the bikers. They know right. everything. Right. They and do. I just, they just, they're, they, they're a little myopic and what they're focused on. It's normally one issue like bikes or guns, right. but they somehow know everything. Right. And so this is the kind of leadership that New Mexico needs, mm-hmm. not the MLG kind of thing where she's ordering in and everybody says that the Wagyu beef, I still don't even quite know what that is, but. Oh, I had it. Okay. Is it any good? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try it sometime, I guess, <laughs> except my, my, it'll offend my sensibilities. I'm going to go. No, it won't, it won't offend anything about you. No, okay. it, it, it's, it's amazing. Yes. Yes. Uh, Escargo, okay. Wagyu beef. <laughs> I could tell you all about it. I could tell you about caviar. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, right here I have that, but the thing is, is it's just so distant and so far away from what we're talking right. We're talking about food shortages. We're talking right. about, you know, nobody should be enjoying anything. In fact, we know something from the military when it comes to real leadership. You talked about being out there. Right. A good leader of any of those battalions, of any of those groups, he's always the last, last one to eat. That's right. It Never happened today first. up in Santa Fe. We, we had a forum up in Santa Fe. All five gubernatorial candidates showed up. Mm-hmm. And we all got the same five questions. 
yep. but there was a long line, you know, for, for the chow. And so I don't know, I kind of sat at the table until the very yeah, end. Wait. And the, one of the ladies said, you're going to be speaking soon. You, you, you got to go up and take cuts and get your food so you can eat before it starts. Myopic. Uh, and I just thought, man, you, well, <laughs> and she's a nice lady. She's sure, trying to take yeah. care of me. She was, but I thought, you don't understand. I would never do that. I would never even think about doing right. that. It's, you always put, you always put the troops first. Absolutely. And in this case, when you ran for mayor, the troops are the citizens of Albuquerque. That That's all you ever talked about. How can I help them? Mm-hmm. And you saw your role as mayor. Uh, it would be, how do you shelter the citizens from all the junk that comes down from above? That's role number one, because it comes down, yeah. you know. Right. All right. And then the second part is, how can I resource, service, help them to build this city up, bottom up? Right. And you'll see that in the military. You see that in good, cor- in good companies, in good corporations. It's, it's that president of the company wandering around, sometimes even dress up like the janitor or something, which kind of isn't fair. But they learn so much. This is the kind of leadership New Mexico needs. But most of us don't think that way. Or I mean, I think that way, but most don't. It's, I'm going to be in charge here. And once they do what I tell them to do, it's all going to get better. Nah, it doesn't work like that. And you know it. How much money have you raised total? Five hundred and, I don't know, $50,000. And how much money do you have on hand? $170,000. And we've been running this now for, since last the guy that the, We run lean. I'll just tell the you guy this. We that, run lean. The guy that came in first, uh, Jay Block, hasn't even raised the amount of money that you have on hand for the entirety of his campaign. And he's been the longest running gubernatorial candidate in the race. Yeah. You think about that for a second. And the guy only has, I believe like $20,000 on hand and he raised a total of $128,000. Well, and the other thing I hadn't figured on, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to understand this because this is what pisses me off quite frankly, is what the hell is wrong. And I want to drop the F bomb with the Republican party. What is it that they don't, I mean, you know, Jay McCluskey, he's got his guys, he goes to the well, they've got the, I mean, it's not oh, Ron Ketty, it's not, it's not Ron <laughs> Ketty raising 2.1 million. No. It's the amazing Jay McCluskey. I mean, the guy he is, is literally, good. yeah, in every way, shape and form for running campaigns because that's what he does. Right. That's, like, that's his profession. He can go pick up his, like, why do you think I didn't run for U.S. Senate? I didn't run for U.S. Senate because... I'm not going to run against Jay McCluskey in in this whole into, in in the U.S. Senate race because I'm just kind of starting out. If, does he want to pick me or does he want to pick somebody else? You know what I mean? Right. And I, I kind of had that thing, but I knew that I was the best candidate. Would he have won and beat Ben Ray Lujan? Absolutely. I think I proved that with not just the CD1 race, uh, but also with the the mayor's race. And you right. saw that. But New Mexico, and yet we pick these guys within the Republican Party. I'm like, oh my god, this is a this is a nightmare. Right. It's a nightmare. Um, Ron Kennedy didn't even get like 20%. I think you got, you got like 23%. Rebecca Dow, I think she, she trailed, or... she trailed and she got like hammered. Well, she like, spent a lot of money on it. Uh, yeah, but she got, as well. but she absolutely got hammered and like, she was getting seven, eight, nine text messages. Like they're beating up her family, beating up her husband. Like she did all this. I'm like, Oh my God. And she still only lost by like a couple of votes. Right, uh, right. I was like, that was kind of, kind of crazy. Like, right. What is wrong with this Republican Party is everything that I saw. And I didn't come out and I wasn't interested. It wasn't say anything. And I got to the, you heard my Dan McKay thing last right. week on Friday. Right. I was like, <laughs> yes, funny. let's bury the lead. 
Let's put all this stuff at the front and let's 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 make sure that the Republicans lose. We're going to put the the, the guy who might be the best, best most qualified. I'm speaking of you. Thanks. The best the best opportunity. And we're gonna we're gonna bury him like right at the back. You know, at the and he's a guy who kind of was in the military or something. And yeah, he does it like like any way that could smash it down. They gave you two paragraphs. And you know they gave Ron Ketty and and uh, and block oh. all this room to to run around. It's like, oh, you know what? We got a guy who's never held the job other than pointing at a map, and somebody else, it, you know. And he and if he comes out, then or if you come out, whoever comes out, I'm I'm going to support 100. percent We're gonna we're gonna swing for the fences of what we're gonna do because I I all of you guys are better. I could than than what we have up there, and she knows that too. Sure. Right, so let me ask you this. When you were running for mayor, sure. when you got that $10 check mm-hmm. from that lady who is 85 years old that you knew could not spare 10 bucks, mm-hmm. how much did that mean to you? Well, I'm, I'm just going to be just absolutely honest. Um, when it came to like looking at anybody who gave me anything, time, energy, uh, you know, uh, took a sticker, right? whatever they did. It was, they did as much as they could for what they believed in me. And I, I didn't see his reflect. I mean, there was a guy that sight unseen uh, and uh, another person and her and her husband, you know, maxed out. Like my dad, I'm like, dad, don't give me money. Please don't give me money. Like, I don't want Son, your money. I'm like, you. oh, man, I'm gonna, where do I go? I need to do this. And I'm like, what? I don't want the money. Right. Whatever to each according to his, you know, right. what, what he can I, it wasn't any more than I'm assuming everybody maxed out, whether it was maxing out at five grand, one grand, 10 bucks, taking a sticker, running around their neighborhood and talking to two people. I'm, a, I'm assumed that everybody maxed out because I never think of it. It's just like I didn't think anybody was jamming my signal. Like, I'm never going to think of anything negative because I won't ever quit. Like yeah, I won't quit. Like, right. you just I can't even get any things like, oh, he only gave me that much. Well, he gave so and so. I'm like. At least he paid attention to me. At least he like was interested. Like I, I come across a, a guy who has my sticker on his front door of his office, you know. Yeah. And now he he advertises. I mean, he, I have his commercial finally. And Clint, that's you, uh, by the way. Uh, he <laughs> he called. Who have finally have his his commercials running. But whatever they can, whenever they can do. I don't know what people are going through. Right. I just know that they're upset about the very same things. And I'm like the conversation you and I are having and everyone's going to nod in agreement. And I'm going to skip the top of the hour news because I'm going to keep going. And then we'll, we'll, I'll, uh, doubt, doubt's waiting in the wings. Know, and we've got a lot of, a lot of stuff here, but this is a good chance for us to kind of, the conversation you and I are having here is a conversation. And I know you believe this is a conversation that only you and I can have. And it has a lot to do with like, what we're saying and what we're doing and what Dowd's been doing right. and a few other people, maybe like we've been in the fight since day one. Right. We've been fighting there every single day. We're going to continue to fight, but I, I can't think about anything in terms of what, what people can and can't and what, what they will and won't. I just know that we're suffering. I just know that New Mexico's 50th. I just know we're the worst. Right. And I know this is my damn home. You know, I'm not going to just pick up and leave no. because you know, <laughs> Hey, it can be better. It can be greater. You know, I literally just bought a place just down the street and it's nothing, but it's everything to me because it's like my grandparents and, you know, my family and, and I care about this place. And, you know, I, I beat up on people and I beat up and I make fun of because they're my people. 
these are my people. It's like family. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just tired of just getting our ass kicked and having a place that sucks. And when they legalize weed and when they, you know, we, we have more homicides and all this, like, I've got to get to know more people. I bought the Segway more for me just going out and meeting and talking to more people because of just how I know people here. And everyone is going through a lot of bad stuff right now. And right. things are going to get worse. It is. And they don't realize that. And they just want, so what is wrong with the Republican Party when they're just so used to just, and they pick the worst people every single time. Every time, like without fail. And, and I, I, don't, I, I can't figure it out. It's like, are you just hell-bent on losing? Like, I'm not an owner of this station so much as I'm a steward of the information that comes through the, this stuff. Right. When I get when I get the stuff that and and KKOB and all this stuff, I'm like, oh, really? I have to listen to Darren White as a conservative talk show host. Guys, Jay Singh just say no, and this guy's one to three, and then they bash me, and I beat the living crap out of their candidates. I beat the crap out of their sheriff. I beat the crap out of their mayor. It was like you you're telling me you're not gonna, you know, pick the one person who probably isn't gonna do one thing for himself, and he can do everything for everybody else, and there's like, oh. He's a drunk. He's a philanderer. He's all these you know, horrible things. And he's this. And I'm like, you can say whatever you want about me. I know exactly who I am. And there's nothing you can do that's going to change that. All I want to do is to win. Period. To win. I don't care about anything else because I'm tired of losing. I got so used to losing like when we were in high school. And I hated it so much, you know. I had to do everything for the, for the team. We had a terrible team. We had a terrible, we had a good coach, you know, but we got so used to losing. I'm like, I don't want to lose again. So why, what drives me like winning? I became the number one commercial real estate broker because that only depended upon me. I wanted to win. It didn't matter. I was going to do the most amount of transactions in that marketplace. I was going to visit every single building. I was going to go to every person. I was going to meet everything. And you know what? People are going to be knocking down. How come you're not doing this? I'm like, I'll get to you. In your time, when it's right, because the timing, when we finally do whatever we need to do, will always be the right time, the perfect time. I just want to know when the hell is the right time for New Mexico. Dowd, when, when I dealt with Dowd, I'm like, I know I can win with that guy. 100%. But the first time I met that guy, I'm like, oh, yeah. Whatever is coming out of his mouth, whatever's in that guy's brain, you might think it's strange or weird or whatever. It's like, I know that I can win with that guy. And I know whatever he's going to say is going to be the right thing because he's never going to take for himself. And we have too many people who are so damn selfish. When I tell people to get out of the race, when I was telling like Jay Block, get out of the race, like he's only thinking about himself. He's only thinking about himself. That's it. Like I look at people's direction. I look at their motivation. I look what they're interested in, like what they're actually doing. Mark Ronchetti. I mean, I wish I could say he's doing this for New Mexico. Like I can't say that. I really just can't say that. That's why I can't really. I mean, Mark, I, I texted you a thousand times. You know, I told, I literally had uh, stuff, you know, bought and paid for for him. And people who would donate to him if they just put his ads on my stuff. Didn't run one ad for his Senate campaign. Like, are you hmm. so stupid that you can't run a damn ad on my on my radio station to go ahead and and get the word out? And then you lose by a couple of percentage points, and you try to figure out why you lost. It's like maybe you didn't appeal to the TV listeners, and you couldn't be cool enough with with Donald Trump. I'm just tired of losing. Like, doesn't it matter? Like, and I'm saying a lot of likes because now you know I'm swimming. Uh, doesn't it matter? Doesn't it matter to you to, to not be in this 
cruddy, terrible, horrible place. Like I'm not going to come up with a slogan, stop bagging, start bragging. And all of a sudden say we're a bunch of winners when I know we're losing. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't really matter uh, it, when it, w- w- what happens if we continue to lose. And we love New Mexico. You love New Mexico. You're a native. Right. You're from here. You, you've won. You, you married your, uh, the, drum, uh, the drama queen. Not, yeah. No, sorry. Homecoming queen. Homecoming queen. Sorry. <laughs> no, she's not a drama queen. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. you, know, it, it, you, you did that. And yeah. that's a good thing. You know, yeah. and th- there's a level of emotion or things that are, that are involved here that I care about. And I only care, you know, if I can make you more aggressive, then I could turn around and, and say, Greg, go out there and tell them how great you are and all these ah. stuff. I would, I, would, I would do it, but I know you're never going to do that. Because that's not who you are. No. And and you know what? I also know who I am. Right. And I think that we as New Mexicans know where he where what we are. We want to be something better than what we are. We're the old. We're the first place we planted grapes right here in the state of New Mexico. Right. First place. Like we we originated wine right here in the state of New Mexico. We started. We were here before the United States of America. Literally with sixteen oh oh nine up in in Santa Fe sixteen ten. Like, what's wrong with you? How are we trailing in any of this stuff? We should be miles and leaps and bounds. But that's my dream. Will it ever happen in my lifetime? No. Maybe in my kid's lifetime? Probably not. But I, I'm not going to stop stop trying. You know, I'm not going to. And when I get mad at other Republicans, it's because I want them. That's the way I learned under my dad. I don't, my dad doesn't even call me half the time. And it's not because he doesn't love me or anything. It's like, you know, there's an expectation. There's a certain level that I have to satisfy. There's certain things I have to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's my responsibility to do better, to do better. And he, he, I have to, sometimes I get down and he's like, oh, I'm still proud of you. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm like, well, I, I know you're proud of me, but I'm just keep trying to do better. They were so proud about the, the mayor's race or whatever. I'm like, well, I'm not proud because, you know, we didn't win. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm sort of my own, you know, hardest on myself. But I'm I'm also hard on other people too, and and uh, I think this is the politics is fun. I think what you're going through and what you're learning and what I've gone through and what I'm learning, and then you know, just amazing how you have this amazing resume, West Point, you know, your your background, and you know, Brigadier General. Like I'm proud of you. I'm proud of who you are, and I think other people who know me, and then they come and they say they hear your ads on my radio station, and then they decide to pick up the phone and call you, and then they're like man, that was a smart decision. I just, I, I turned on the that radio station one day that, that has sometimes the noise and sometimes some silence. And I heard these guys talking about money and I really related to them and I'm going to do that. And then they do it and then their life is better for it. And that's awesome. And that's what you're doing. You're, you're keeping up the fight and, and we've got to all keep up the fight because we've got to make things absolutely better. So I apologize for the, the monologue there, but you know, I got a little bit emotional and I think that that's a good thing. You're my friend. Right. Same back. I, 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 I wish you the very best during this. People want to know how to donate to your campaign. People want to know how to give to you. Uh, I've got, I don't know, probably 80 messages that have come through while you're on here. You want to know where they can learn more about you and uh, probably know more about Zanetti Financial. Greg, yeah. how can people reach you? Uh, go to Zanetti for Governor. Just spell it all out. Z-A-N-E-T-T-I for Governor.com. And, uh, and I can't tell you how grateful I am. I get to to develop ideas on this where it's not just 30 second sound bites. Yeah. And where it, you mean you know, the, I, the segment uh, brought to you by, and I repeat uh, Kiva 12 times uh, during the segment. Well, right. we'll be right back. It was seven. It was, no, yeah. no. <laughs> but then, and also to hear you kind of bear your soul here. I mean, the theme of it is always the same. You wanted to win 
for a purpose. Yeah. And that purpose was to help. And actually, you want to help the poor and the middle class. I want to create a middle class because it doesn't exist. Right. I mean, I, it just, it's just it's non-existent. People don't realize it. You either have things or you don't. And the reason why there's so much um, back and forth and I think anxiety in New Mexico, why we're so incredibly stressed out is because of the haves and the have-nots. And you're right. either a made person and, hey, I got the hookup or I got this and that's cool too, you know, but that's not real wealth. And right. we don't have businesses that are relocating here because we have such a separation. We need more businesses that want to move here. We need more people that want to live here. Right. One of the reasons I loved out, I mean, I'd never tell him this, but uh, is because he chose of all places, uh, New Mexico as his home. Why? You know, but he's here and he loves it. And the fact that he's so incredibly dedicated to this state that he calls his home is every bit of somebody wanting to be a native uh, as the next person, not just looking for the opportunity. I mean, he is here through thick and thin. He loves this place. He knows the policies. He yeah. knows the players. And that's a key. We want more of that here in the state of New Mexico. Totally agree. So, so anyway, one more time, uh, how do we uh, how do we get in touch with uh, your campaign? Uh, Zanetti for governor.com and um, thanks. Thank we even went through the news hour. Oh, hey, it's all yours. You got uh, that and then some. So I appreciate that. We'll hit the top of the hour. No, we'll hit some commercials. 509 here in the Kiva. Thanks everybody for tuning in on AM 1600 KIVA BQ.FM, right here in the Kiva. Five nineteen here in the Kiva. Yeah, no five oh five in the five oh five today. We uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't able to do that uh, today. Went a little bit long with uh, Greg Zanetti, and uh, glad to have him here. As you heard his uh, commercial, a lot of people you know trust that man with their money, and including uh, people I know and care about, love, and they uh, do decent. Uh, we'll just put it that way. And he is running for uh, governor of the state of New Mexico again. One two three. One coming in, Ronchetti, 2.1 million. Rebecca Dow coming in a strong second there with uh, 1.2 million. Greg Zanetti uh, well, raised over 500 and some odd thousand dollars. 
550. I think he's at uh, nearly six on on that. So that was uh, uh, very good to kind of hear all that uh, sort of back and forth. But I no doubt is not a fan of politics uh, whatsoever. He loves policy. And most of all, he loves this uh, great state and had a chance to kind of uh, say some I think some nice things about Dowd that he hadn't heard before. And that is one of the reasons why I do love him is because he loves this state. You love New Mexico. You know, we all have this doubt. Uh, It's like once we realize that someone has been to New Mexico or loves New Mexico, it's like we can't help it. It's like in our blood. And we want to tell everybody about the greatest place in the world that we think, even though we know it's, you know, while we're talking amongst us and our people, it's, it's terrible. And then for a reason, we're losing for a reason. When I, I really do hate losing and I don't want to be, um, you know, the butt of everybody's jokes or the worst place uh, to live. And we got to do something to improve it. Ridicule, uh, you know, fun, entertainment, all those types of things. We've got a number of different issues and I think we'll be getting uh, to more and more of those, which is one of the reasons why I'm taking tours around the United States, trying to make the um, state of New Mexico, the city of Albuquerque, a better place uh, overall doubt. And I know it's something that we have just seen, Policy decision after policy decision, other places that have uh, gone red and installed installed the right places, and they are constantly the example. And we are not; uh, we're more the um, the cautionary tale, uh, if you will, doubt. We are indeed, and I it it. Thank you. Well, let's not neglect that. Thank you for your comments, Eddie. I think it, I have this issue in my life with people, particularly back east, particularly close blood relations, who say what the hell are you doing out there? Or uh, my sister has told me on more than one occasion that, you know, when murder Mike used to be on the show, my mother would be um, uh, a little concerned that Albuquerque was a free fire zone and and her only male child was uh, in the middle of all this. And, and I, I, I I struggle with it myself and in sort of explaining every so often I meet somebody, I explain who I am and and where where I came from. I probably told the story before it, you know, I I turned 40. uh, My, my Connecticut, my last Connecticut golden retriever had passed away. My last grandparent had died. I was involved helping manage her household uh, near the end. Uh, the, the boy I was taking care of was really at a point, 11, 12 years old, where his life was just his school and his friends. And and he didn't need his uncle in his life 24-7. Right. And so I looked around and said... Uh, something deep inside me said, you know, this is, this is a change is happening in your life, whether you acknowledge it or not. And I went back and re- took me about two years really. And I just reviewed every places I'd visited places I'd lived in the country. And the, the place that really held the most interest for me, the place where I was arguably happiest was that year I spent in my early twenties in, in New Mexico, such an interesting place, so different from new England uh, the, the history you've got all the way from pre-Columbian civilization right up to the Cold War, uh, the vibe, the views, the weather, the fact that uh, you don't have to really shovel snow very often in New Mexico, uh, the sunshine, 339 days a year. And so that's why I decided to come, probably unaware. In fact, someone here told me that that, that someone actually advised me not to come. Uh, and And I probably wasn't aware of just how dire things were. And I, and I've often said to, I say it in the air all the time, you know, New Mexico is perfectly suited for my life. I would, if I were a young man with a wife and young kids, I would not bring them to New Mexico. If I were a young person looking to start a career in the private sector, I would not come to New Mexico, but it fits me very well. Uh, and I just see nothing but potential here. And at the same time, nothing but a, a culture 
and a lack of leadership or leadership in the wrong direction that just continually shoots the state in its own feet. Uh, and it is frustrating. And then sometimes I, when I feel like breaking down myself, I just go walk my golden retrievers in the beautiful sunshine. Yeah. I, and, uh, you know, the breakdown obviously was just, you know, me, for me, it was just, uh, I'm tired of sucking. <laughs> you know, I almost feel like we need to have a new slogan for New Mexico called let's get real New Mexico. Let's, let, let's level up and realize that, of where we are and what we're doing and that it's not working and uh, what can we do to change that and i think that's one of the reasons why i'm so impassioned by all the things and why we talk about what we talk about because we care deeply about this place when i said i got a scooter i literally got a scooter yes i mean i don't know what else to do with thousand dollars or less but um that's just coming your way that i think that and, and i'm not virtue signaling at all i'm literally getting to know the streets a little bit better um, and, um, uh, kind of go from place to place. And you, you want to talk about how instead of buying a tank of gas or, or whatever it is that, 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 wh is that what this money was for? We, I equated it out to August 8th, depending upon the 750 to a thousand bucks. And by the way, the scooter that you can get is like literally like 750 bucks. Oh, uh, okay. Segway scooter. Yeah. But it's interesting. So exercise, get some fresh air and, you know, then you, you learn how to, you know, save your own life probably a few times a year. Because people do not like anybody on bikes around here, surprisingly, or anybody on scooters or anything. So hopefully you teach people to be a little... I know at one place I could definitely go up and down, no problem. Probably Knob Hill down. Oh, yes, indeed. Because there's one way forward and one way back. So uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, we've got a lot to get to today. And uh, let's uh, go ahead and and, and do that, uh, uh, shall we? Uh, 550-5500, I will... Forward the phones. We've got some new advertisers that we just uh, installed into the uh, Kiva. We'll talk about uh, them as well, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but uh, Dowd, I'll let you sort of uh, set up the remainder of the show, as it were, uh, an hour and a half uh, later. Yeah, uh, an abbreviated show, uh, kind of a, a, a wide-ranging show. I want to really focus on one thing we didn't get to yesterday was this the study that was done about states' rankings in regards to coronavirus and just how terrible things were uh have been in, in new mexico but also i think the only mainstream media article that covered it and they're revealing their own bias uh in terms of trying to probe the backgrounds of the researchers something you never see when any left-wing research comes out if, if, if the kids count data book comes out they never say well these are liberals who've worked for public employee unions or democrats but at uh, i think it was kob got into the background of the authors of that study who gave the governor an f for uh coronavirus uh oh very, interesting very interesting yeah um also some some so they, they literally they went uh ad hominem or an attempt at sort of uh respective ad hominem that, that it was politically motivated uh was this a little a projection involved here as as we might say uh, there was indeed an, an a study of the other person is essentially a study in themselves <laughs> indeed i i have the curse of having started out in this business drenched in both things, public policy and media bias, because that's where I had my a paid internship for the last two years of my at university at a place called the Media Research Center. I imagine a lot of our older uh, listeners who have been active in the conservative world, subscribing to National Review and that kind of thing, they probably know the name Brent Bozell in the Media Research Center back yep. when Sam Donaldson was in the media and we uh, didn't have the internet, we didn't have talk radio to, to try to balance things out. So we just analyzed the media the mainstream media and really picked them apart one of the things that we did was track how frequently a descriptive term or a multi-word description was applied to say 
Ted Kennedy, Senator Ted Kennedy versus Senator Jesse Helms of North Carolina, very famous and hated by the elites, Republican conservative. North Carolina, Carolina. Jesse Down there, Jesse. So yeah. they would say, oh, ultra conservative uh, Republican Senator Jesse Helms. And then they would say U.S. Senator Democrat from Massachusetts, Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Now, you know, you have to really detect that. You have to do your 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 analysis of that. And then we would literally count the number of times the, the descriptions were added. You know, Republican, well, conservatives were always arch conservatives or far right. Uh, liberals were just Democrats uh, or, or centrists. Sometimes they'd say it, it was very, very, very clever. The best chart they ever did, and it was before I got there because I'm not that old, was they tracked the number of references. Uh, I think it was in the major networks, CBS, ABC, NBC, and then the major newspapers, New York Times, Washington Post, the number of times uh, the, in the month in which the mainstream media used the word Reaganomics versus what the um, unemployment rate was. So basically, when the unemployment rate was high, the media would, would use the term Reaganomics. It would be high along that month because unemployment was high. When unemployment would start to drop, all of a sudden they wouldn't, you wouldn't use Reaganomics anymore. It would just be the national economy. Uh, you, you have to really be, be – literally put these in spreadsheets and track how these things are. And so I have never, Eddie, in my entire life, this is KOB. It's just credited to KOB staff, not uh, any one oh, particular. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But they looked at the authors of the study that gave Michelle Luan Grisham an F. Uh, oh, uh, Phil Kirpin is with the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. They're devoted to the supply side economics of Ronald Reagan. Uh, Casey Mulligan, uh, he go. was on the White House Council of Economic Advisors during mm. the Trump administration. Uh, Stephen Moore, he's with the right-wing think tank, the Heritage Foundation. Eddie, I have, I cannot recall ever, and I look at all the network affiliate coverage here that they put on their websites, because I'm sure as hell not wasting my time watching the television. Um, I, I can't remember a single time when a liberal organization has put out or put out any kind of research and frankly, some liberal organizations are more reliable than others. Some of them use the same federal data I use. Um, some of them are more credible than any other. But I can't, re I can't re recall a single time when they've gotten into the backgrounds of the authors of the research to show some type of political or partisan bias. This is this What I'm looking on my screen right now, Eddie, is amazing. I've been in New Mexico, back in New Mexico for seven, seven years. I've never seen one example of this. So it's a little bit... Uh, I think it reveals a lot about what their perspective is. And I'm sorry to go off on that tangent uh, because it's just it's just one story. Um, a couple other things we want to get into also, if we have time, is uh, the social media and the data on what it's doing to young people. Uh, you know, my, my nephew is 18, so I'm, it doesn't really affect me, but but I'm, I'm very, very uh, extremely, extremely concerned uh, about that. Uh, not not good. And then what was my favorite story from today's blast? It was, oh, uh, CNM, Central New Mexico Junior College. The unions there are not uh, happy because uh, they're having their hours cut back. Uh, they're, they're, they're very, very, very uh, upset about that. And one good story, great uh uh, an event over the weekend down in Santa Clara in Grant County. Huge amount of people turned out to rededicate the Batan Park uh, down there. And New Mexico's only surviving death march uh, survivor in New Mexico was able to attend even at his very, very accelerated oh, wow. age. So it was actually That's something good. to be happy about. Eddie, yeah. I try to find the good stuff along with the bad and, and keep, a, keep a balance there in the Daily Blast. Well, let's go to uh, Tessa Mensis, uh, complete with glasses. because uh, She <laughs> uh, no doubt did the studying uh, for this. I wonder if that was like scripted, uh, Tessa, you'll put on your glasses for this one as if you read the study. 
The authors of a new study gave New Mexico an F. And, uh, well, let's uh, take a listen, uh, shall we, to what Dowd was uh, talking about. We'll get more into it, and then we'll take your calls and then get Dowd's uh, thoughts. We know a lot of them already, but there's a lot more to this. Let's take a listen to the report. Attention for how it's grading states for their response to the pandemic. According to that study, which the governor's office disputes, our state got it all wrong. There's a close. Wait, how do you dispute a study? I'm just. Uh, <laughs> you use a baseline. You use like a baseline metric to establish what did well and what didn't. Yep. And there is no right or wrong. It just is a ranking on what is. And I don't think that there's any way you can dispute what comes out of it. On data points that all researchers use, GDP, unemployment figures, official statistics. They didn't make any of this stuff up, folks. Yeah, so this is real. Let's go. Closer look. Ooh, closer look. The authors of a new study in New Mexico, an F for its COVID-19 response. They say our state's response was the 48th worst out of all 50 states and Washington, D.C. So let's break down why. Oh, let's break down the breakdown of the breakdown uh, in New Mexico, the breakdown being COVID-19. The study, by the way, is a working paper published by the National Bureau. Uh, it's of- only a working paper, Dowd. Uh, first, uh, first kick in the shins right there. It's a working paper. It's malleable. It uh, could be something. Okay. Well, all right. Economic research. A working paper, we should note, has not been peer reviewed. Oh, duh, you know, my, like the, most doctors, right? Uh, everything's peer reviewed before it goes to the AMA, ADA, whatever it happens to be, right? Uh, not been peer reviewed. Every Let's single review. thing, every single thing New Mexico Voices for Children does has not been yes. peer reviewed, and it's just reported like the biblical truth. Yes, let's DQ the report before we get into the report. We're not even 10 seconds into this, and so we've got two DQs against it. The study was written by economist Phil Kirpin of the committee. Blue-eyed white guy. Okay. Oh, blue-eyed white guy. Let's find out who this evil, sinister guy who hates New Mexico healthcare. To unleash prosperity. That's a group devoted to promoting the supply side economics touted by President Ronald. It's Reagan. like a good-looking Paul Guessing here now. <laughs> Casey Mulligan, an economics professor at the University of Chicago, who also headed up the White House Council of Economic Advisors for a couple of years during the Trump administration. Who are these criminals? Why are they not behind bars for giving New Mexico an F? As part of this, along with Stephen Moore. Oh, Stephen right- Moore, boy, that guy looks like a grade A. You know, like the look on this guy. The, you got to see the picture of this. Go to KB Channel. We're going to drive traffic for KB.com. Wing think tank, the Heritage Foundation. So oh. They based their study on three administration as part of this, along with Stephen Moore. With a right wing think tank. Ah, that, that's what I thought I heard. Did I hear right wing? Wait, did I hear right wing? Oh, yeah. a right wing think tank uh, who hates the governor. Foundation. The authors based their study on three factors the economy, education, and mortality. For the economy, they looked at each state's unemployment rate between April 2020 and December 2021, along with each state's GDP. For education, they looked at the percentage of in person education for the 2020 to 2021 school year. Based on information from event aggregating website Burbio for mortality. Oh, well, whatever. What's a Burbio? I don't know what a Burbio is, but uh, that's the way that she said it. But yes, based on some sort of online website somewhere in uh, something called Burbio. And literally, if you look at it, that's one thing they did get right in here. 
For education, we use single metric, the Burbio cumulative in-person instruction percentage. That means the amount your child was in class, which there wasn't very many places that were probably tracking. Maybe Burbio was the only places, but they failed to disclose that to you. To 2021 school year, based on information from event aggregating website, Burbio. For mortality, they looked at COVID deaths based on information from a website called usmortality.com. That website claims to get its data from the CDC. It claims. Also it makes this wild claim uh, somewhere, like uh, in this weird way. Uh, they claim to do it from the CDC, but we all know that it's a right-wing think tank from the Heritage Foundation. Believes in anything but getting anything at all. They claim they got it from the CDC, but we, of course, know that the real information from the CDC show that Michelle Lujan Grisham got an A-plus and outperformed, don't you know? guarantee its correctness. Based on that, the study shows states that performed better generally were smaller and had less restrictive COVID-19 policies. Wait, no state is as small as New Mexico. We got 2 million people here. What are we talking about? There's, there's entire uh, top 35, 50 cities in the country are larger than the entire state of New Mexico. What are you talking about small? Utah was the top ranked state with high scores in all three categories. With white people and Mormons and extremely racist and uh, hates Democrats, right? Is that is that is this what I'm hearing? Like uh, you can feel the uh, the bias here in the KOB reporting. Fourth in economy, fifth in education, and eighth for mortality. New Jersey came in dead last, oh. scoring 50th Whoa. in economy, 41st in education, and 42nd in mortality. New Mexico landed in the bottom five. Scoring 20. Whoa. <laughs> they can't even say what the ranking is when it clearly says on there 51. They're so embarrassed. They can't even say the actual number. Yeah, yeah. It ranked 53. Uh, New Mexico comes in at 51. Right. I think they did D.C. and Puerto Rico in all of this. Right. I think all of this. And they can't even say that New Mexico was 50. They can't even say it. Like, get it. That's my new slogan for New Mexico. Get real, New Mexico. Stop lying to yourself, New Mexico. 29th in economy, 45th in education, and 50th in mortality. 50th in mortality. She didn't protect you, folks. 50th out 50th of 51. <laughs> Literally. Yep. The yep. worst. The worst state to live in the entire country if you did not want to die. If you wanted to, if you chose life, right? Maybe you guys see these idiots running around. Choose life, choose life, wear a mask. Apparently, New Mexico is the worst place to choose life. She kept us safe. We murder babies, we kill COVID patients, and uh, yeah, it's just a giant. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool, Beavis. I just keep doing that because my kids, you know, they might like that. We reached out to the governor's office for a response to the study. They disputed the data in a statement mm. that reads, the facts are that in the last year, New Mexico was 11th best for job growth. Job growth. Yes, because that's what the study was about. Now, uh, did you know that that study that they did was about job growth? <laughs> <laughs> that's called cherry picking data for your response. Uh, apples uh, and oranges. Like, uh, no, that's not even apples and oranges. That's like apples and uh, what's the furthest thing from an apple? Uh, <laughs> it, what doesn't have a seed in it? That's a fruit. Uh, yeah, that would be that country overall. In February, the federal government announced New Mexico ranked fifth nationally in employment growth compared to the last year. Lies! I could tell you that for a fact that that's a lie because we did the comparison here. Actually, <clears throat> I'm not going to take credit. My colleague, um, my 
my brain, I should say, D. Dowd Muska uh, knows uh, after he ranked and you saw all the different states that shot ahead of New Mexico. But you, you wouldn't know that because you're you're getting the Nora Myers sacket sack full of sacket full of BS. <laughs> well, there's, a sack of uh, there. the, uh, there's all sorts of stuff. She's a lying sacket. Nora Myers lying uh sack it there creating fifty thousand additional jobs in the last year mm, there it is dowd read them and weep there it is dowd you got the so th- this is how they refuted the study eddie they cited uh irrelevant statistics that weren't apples and apples and then they ignored two-thirds of the study which was the education results and the mortality results so that was their response and of course if tessa was an actual journalist she would have pointed that out uh m- my point here is and, and maybe this is a new, like, I need one more damn task. Uh, moving forward, <laughs> moving forward, listeners, when a p- report on the, the, the public investment in preschool, how wonderful that is in New Mexico, um, hmm, do you expect Tessa to kind of go into that study and look at the authors and their affiliations? Or will she just sort of repeat it? It's wonderful. Preschool, we got the more we spend on preschool, the better off we'll be. When the next report from a left-wing environmental group comes out about the benefits of green energy, do you think Tessa will go in and examine the backgrounds and the affiliations of the authors of that study? Uh, The next time we hit a January 1st and the minimum wage goes up again in New Mexico, do you think she'll go look into the left-wing public employee union-funded organizations that promote that and then go talk to, say, real economists who understand from all over the spectrum how damaging the minimum wage can be to to low-wage workers because, of course, it drives up costs for the employer, which means they cut back the hours for other employees or they lay people off or they move into automation. Uh, Do you think Tess is really going to do real journalism when any research comes out that doesn't support the left-wing big government progressive vision in New Mexico, I suggest uh, we will never see Tessa devote that kind of attention uh, to any such study. So I guess moving forward, Eddie, every time Tessa reports on anything impacting public policy and she quotes anyone, I guess it's going to have to be my job to look up the background, the the academic association of that person, who they may have uh, worked for, politicians, that sort of thing. So if that's the standard now in in New Mexico journalism, I'm glad they're doing it, but will it be applied evenly i suspect not oh well we're gonna get into some more of this This just ridiculous stuff um but it was fun and on the surface i mean can you imagine how much fun it must be to watch tv if we actually watch tv (laughs) Uh, just just to uh, just to reiterate uh ladies and gentlemen they did do they did the all the states and and dc so it was 51 categories in mortality mortality we were 50th out of 51 all right now what, is, what does the governor always say when any actual reality penetrates her little bubble? And she says, well, we don't control things on the Indian reservations. That's They're sovereign governments. New Mexico, if you look at the two leading predictors of, of coronavirus death, as a state, which include our, include our tribal areas, we are at, uh, in terms of age, we're 38.6 years old for our median age, half or above, half or below. We are almost dead center in the, when, yep. when it comes to the United States. Yep. The U.S. is 382 we're right in the middle middle ground. We're not a particularly old state. And obesity is the second predictor of, of coronavirus death. There you go. There are 31 states w- more obese than New Mexico. New Mexico fares pretty well on the obesity We're scale. In shape. We love the air. We exercise. We get out. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think that that would tell you that we are the worst. Uh, we had a healthier. We are healthier, obviously, than D.C. and than Louisiana and New Orleans and those yep. areas. So you have to understand, folks, that. Uh, 
we uh, really punched uh, above our weight when it came time to killing uh, the people of the state of New Mexico, D. Dowd Musk. We, we did, and I, and I will refer to my brilliant colleague, uh, my PhD physicist, who's forgotten more about physics than I'll ever know, Dr. X, who has been giving us the data for, what, almost two years now. Yep. And his phrase that he uses over and over, Eddie, I'll, I'll, I'll credit him because he deserves it, MLG's lockdown, all cost, no benefit. Ooh, that is good. All right, we'll hit the uh, quick break, bring it back here. In a moment on the Kiva, I'll read your text, and, and we got a lot more to uh, get to. 5.43 here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, Thanks. Tune in uh, every single day from 4 to 7. That's going to be our new times all the way till 7 p.m. as we extend Bill O'Reilly 7 to 8. That just got inked today. And then uh, we'll see if we're doing Shapiro or lash uh, longer i think we'll probably go lash longer i think uh, three hours of dana lash would, wouldn't be a bad idea what do you guys think thanks for listening Five fifty-two here in the Kiva here on this uh, beautiful Tuesday afternoon, and uh, at the Dowd uh, Muska here in the Kiva as we'll get to more of the uh, stories. Just good stuff. I love the fact that we can sort of pick this stuff apart. Nowhere else, I think, in the market can you do it. I forgot I had my hat on and I looked at myself in the uh, the, the video. You have to tell me when I have my hat on, Dowd. I I literally just forget things, <clears throat> like if I have my hat on. <laughs> so there it is. I was in the TV and. So it was especially a good workout. I kind of, I want to get a Peloton, but I've decided against that uh, whole thing. Ooh. Yeah, I decided against it. You know, they're they're still kind of pricey. I think they'll come down. You know, sure, yeah, sure. Like, now uh, with the Peloton, do you get the uh, smoking hot model who wakes up is the first person to wake up in the house? She's like the mom, but she's like a supermodel at the same time. She gets but, up first, takes the dog out. Uh, comes back, makes coffee for everybody, and then she's on the Peloton by the time mm. the, the lousy schlub of a husband wakes up. If, yeah. I, I'd like yeah. to live my life in a Peloton ad. That'd be very cool. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen that ad, but yeah, there it is. Um, yeah, I think that's about what it is. So people were having some fun. That was a good interview with uh, Greg Zanetti, and then also I, I talked a lot uh, during that. That uh, says, I should I should have more interviews like that than, you know, once in a while, but... People who generally never come to the office come to the office. Like my 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 parents, I told my dad he never calls, and all of a sudden they're going to come. I guess see the office for the first time in years. I guess uh, by now Biden cannot forgive student loan. This from a oh, these are all texts by the way. This from J Man. Biden can uh, cannot give forgive. Excuse me, student loans without approval from Congress. If he does, he's guilty of obstruction of Congress. He can delay payments due to COVID, but that is just another lie to try and get votes. Wait until we have to pay for all the illegals. Talk about debt. The U.S. <laughs> is heading for a crash. It uh, seemingly like it is. And you heard from uh, General Gregson. A really good show today, Eddie. I moved here from Scottsdale and chose to be here for the last 15 years. For better or for worse, it's the greatest place in the U.S. Wow. 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 I, I got to say, I really appreciate that text. I really, really. Positivity. 
Well, the other thing too is like it's not my place to kind of pick up and leave. I'm literally moving into the neighborhood that I grew up in. Yep. I can move away as far as I want and try to solve my problems that way, but nobody ever gets uh, anywhere by running away from their problems, folks. Very true. So uh, I literally believe am, me, uh, I've tried. <laughs> I'm stalking my grandparents' uh, home. So uh, where they where I grew up and all that, and it's like the moment that thing goes for sale. I've got Tigo and Tracy on the case. The moment that that uh, that that thing is for sale, that thing will get a, a an offer day one. And I want that's that's where I want to be. That's just where I where I want to be. It's in Highland High School District, by the way. So that tells you. So my dad grew up there partially. Um, you know, he had, he had another home, which was six fourteen High Street, uh, Martinez Town, which has now become the gentrified Edo District. Is that really a thing? Is it people uh, gentrifying districts any longer here? What's happening? People are just, you know, bitching and moaning that they can't pay the rent, I think, nowadays. And then it's like, oh, I don't really care if it's terrible. It's don't laugh. It's paid for. Right. Uh, whatever's on the bottom someday will be on top and whatever's on top will be on the bottom. Wow. I actually kind of think that I'm kind of a I kind of think that way. Hope springs eternal like love. Did we gain more jobs because we lost more workers per capita during COVID? Uh, we do should we should break that down. We were at nine hundred and fifteen thousand employed, and then um, the uh, the Peloton ads came on, and the schlub of the husband didn't want to get up and <laughs> right. complain about COVID. And we went down to like eight forty three, right? Eight hundred forty. Oh, yeah, yeah we're, again, we're we're one of what uh, twelve, maybe twelve or thirteen states that have not clawed their way back to yeah. zero growth, which would be what it was in February twenty twenty. Not not a lot to be proud of. Thanks for the Greg Zanetti interview. Sounds like they're really the only choice that we do have. What's right for New Mexico? Um, let's see. Oh, I love this one. Get a hold of yourself, crybaby. That's one of that's from my friend Brian. So, you know, I guess I was crying. I just had a true friend to be able to bust your balls. <laughs> oh, he does it all the time. And then he sent me a picture of uh, Gilbert Grodfeed looking like Barack Obama. Look at that. You know? <laughs> He's, he's the best. He designed all my logos, did all my stuff. You know, he gets cranky sometimes and grouchy. I'm like all you get people who are getting older or older than me. You guys get grouchy. Oh, uh, instead of apples to oranges, comparing apples to Thursdays. I like that. That's good. That's good. Um, see the tweet embedded near the bottom, the top of the ten, top and bottom 10 on the Wooflu performance made the bottom five again. Here we go again. Mask mandates are coming back. Uh, any new ones besides Philadelphia? I haven't heard her. I haven't heard, but I guarantee you multiple people in the governor's office are monitoring the situation and they want to get in into the pool quickly. <laughs> How quickly? Uh, let's time this out. I'm surprised uh, someone hasn't stated that uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham's mom died of COVID and that we killed her. I mean, at this point, you know, that won't happen. I don't think, I don't think she's, will she go to that? No, it, it, yeah, it's sad. She lost her. There'll terrible. be a campaign ad about the death, I'm sure, in a couple months. I'm you sure. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She'll she'll use whatever she needs. You think so? Oh, unless she's cruising to a 20 point victory, then she won't have to. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think she's gonna. I don't. Just too many people would see right through that, and I don't know. I she's got a. You can't use your. You can't use that as campaign fodder. I don't really uh, care. Remember Al Gore and his sister dying of cancer? Remember oh, that one? oh yeah. well, as a Democrat, Al Gore. Al Gore lived with uh, Coach Tristani, by the way. Over at uh, St. Pius the, the 10th. Thanks, Eddie. Greg Zanetti made money for me and has my vote. He has my donation last year. This year, I'll could keep donating. You would be a great fundraiser on your show as you did for your mayoral campaign. I'm not I'm not raising money. You know. Rebecca Dow can come in here tomorrow. Mark Ronchetti can come in here tomorrow. 
I mean, I don't, I don't really care. Jay Block can come in here tomorrow. I, I don't care who comes in. Ethel Maharj called. I'm like, I almost want to make her spend all her money on my station. Like, just to prove to her, like, why there's not, I, I'm all about the anti-abortion stuff. I think it's great, but let's, let's get real. After nine plus years, it is no accident that the Mexican Republican Party continues to lose. Sabotaging good candidates is a big part of that. I believe they live in fear of success. Yes, I would agree. Keep up the fight, Greg. That's from Tanya. Tanya. And then, uh, Eddie, I want to win Tuesday. Eddie is a winner to me. I love his vision for New Mexico. Ron Kitty is a piece of crap. Uh, Steve Pierce is the problem. Okay, let's fight to fix the state, and I will stop the S-talking. That's from uh, Kefty. He's a big uh, KKOB listener, uh, or was until. Where can listeners give? Uh, let's see. And um, then there it is. All right. Uh, we'll hit the top of the hour and then commercial free. You and me and the Dowd makes three, 3,000 right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this afternoon. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Pendant Talk Radio. So six in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. I'm Eddie Uragon, the Rock of Talk, AM 600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Glad to be here with you and yours. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. Don't forget, you can check us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and uh, Spotify. And then, uh, not to mention, you can always uh, catch us at rockoftalk.chat for pennies a day. You get informed each and every morning, get a rundown of the shows and all that uh, kind of uh, good stuff uh, there. Restream didn't capture uh, our recording yesterday so i had to go back and uh, get the one off of there so that'll be filtered up there sometimes this technology works sometimes it doesn't but uh, it'll be up there uh nonetheless uh, up very soon so we appreciate everybody uh tuning in hour three you and me the dowd makes three three thousand uh, glad to be here with you as we race through a number of stories to get you caught up on what's going on u.s inflation rate leaps to 8.5 percent CPI showing higher gas prices, slamming consumers, uh, D-Dowd Muska. Not a way to kick off uh, old April in tax season, ladies and gentlemen. Taxes due Friday, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, in addition to the 8.5% and the amount of money you're paying there, well, brace for the crash, as uh, a gubernatorial candidate, uh, Greg Zanetti, has uh, stated. Uh, your thoughts on the CPI, 8.5%, uh, as absolutely mesmerizing. Dowd's not even commuting. Uh, worse than COVID is 8.5% inflation rate in one month. 
I can only consume a little teacup of gasoline a day, ladies and gentlemen, and I have to go down and check out my dogs every morning. So uh, no, no way for me to make it into the Kiva. Eddie, the Wall Street Journal has the, this is the 12-month change. So going back uh, a full year, not the calendar year, 12 months. So we're up 48% gasoline. Uh, what? We're, what? We're up used car and trucks 35%. But, you know, nobody needs gasoline or vehicles in, in America. Uh, overall energy, we're up 32%. That, I guess that's all lump ga- you know, electricity and gasoline. The uh, Energy Information Administration last week did a little analysis that said every month in 2021, your electrical bill as an American lumping every, all of us together went up $5 every month for all 12 months. So it got more expensive and more expensive and more expensive. Cra- Those are crazy, uh, stupid numbers. Yeah. Uh, now, food... Uh, overall, of course, inflation 8.5. Food, fortunately, oh, that's up 8.8, even more than the overall number. Okay, so that's great. Uh, the only good news is that it looks like shelter and clothing were, were below the 8.5%. Um, you know, oh, okay. Uh, clothing is going down uh, uh, quite, quite quickly. Uh, housing is too, as uh, we talked about the coast, uh, both New York and uh California, excuse me, uh, dropping house house prices dropping there. Uh, but, but I can report, and, and this will be in the links for uh, all of our subscribers. Go subscribe, less than twenty cents a day. Rockettalk.chat. Uh, I will have a link to the uh, proposed budget in the city of Santa Fe, New Mexico, our oldest state capital, if I'm not mistaken, and I believe our highest altitude state capital, a place of of great uh, historic importance. Yep. Absolutely. I actually, Eddie, I sent you an article from uh, the Taos paper the other day uh, about uh, his, uh, history of a, of a religious uh, yeah. kind of a secret society here in yeah. New Mexico. Fascinating stuff. Uh, so much interesting history in Santa Fe. Uh, good news if you're a Santa Fe City employee. Uh, the mayor is looking to raise your wages by 8% sector can very easily relate. We've, we've all gotten 8% raises recently, right? Right. No. Well, uh, funny thing that you say that. Let's just talk about that very quickly. It's drilled down. We got so much to get to. We're going to go fast this hour, uh, just so we can kind of get caught up, and we'll we'll start doing this more and more during a third hour, six o'clock news hour. Is I think what we kind of more you know the commercial free and uh, the three thousand maybe three thousand stories if we can get to it. Um, when they increase the prices for city employees to the tune of seven percent, that's a seven percent tax on you folks immediately. And you have to think of things such as that and not doing it better, more efficient. Um, these are people who are unionized. Uh, they're unionized here in the city of Albuquerque, unionized in the state. They get all their bennies and you're paying more for city services and you're getting a hell of a lot less these days. Uh, I wish there was a way to sort of aggregate all the things that you get from the Santa Fe or Albuquerque and then turn them into a basket of goods and see uh, truly where we are. And I know that we're getting a lot less. I can feel it. I can feel it. Well, just to break it down, Eddie, it's it's even uh, folks in Santa Fe, and of course, some people in Santa Fe, maybe not a lot of people, but some people pay taxes. Overall, city employees, all city, are getting an eight percent salary increase. Increase, and the press release mentions specifically AFSCME Local three nine nine nine. Now we've we've got to keep the American Federation AFSCME. of State, County, yes. Municipal employees happy. Biggest political donors in the entire state as well. Let's not Biggest, forget where absolutely Hun Grisham is uh, getting uh, a bulk of her money, uh, but she has a windfall. $5.7 million raised, $3.8 million on cash. And mm-hmm. you like unionized employees who make a compulsory uh, a pol- political donation uh, to the Democrat Party uh, without fail, uh, right? you got to be in good standing. It's not just the dues. 
and the compulsory dues that we pull out of your check, but the dues that you will pay into the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. uh, the city will continue to offer a $2,000 annual retention incentive oh. to help keep our talented and experienced team oh, so with us and, and a $1,000 incentive for new hires to help fill critical safe critical city positions bravo seven percent okay. uh free money so wait do they have to do they don't take the thousand dollars from the state for uh you know driving things like that good point uh the police officers now we we do support the police here uh they're yes. gonna they're it's going to get i don't know if i support them this much they're going to get a 16 percent salary ah. increase Fighting crime uh, is or, uh, the city is gonna uh, cost we, you they will also continue to offer a $15,000 hiring incentive for lateral transfers ah. within the police department. Mm. Okay. Oh, and I love this. This is great. Uh, the proposed, the, the budget proposal uh, includes a $750,000 fund for mortgage assistance for first responders offering financial assistance for police, fire, and EMT personnel so they can live and work in Santa Fe. So if you offer that to police officers and firefighters, you will also need to offer that to the teachers. <laughs> uh, I hate to say it, but the teachers make less than the firefighters and the police officers. And that's uh, that's what's left of your middle class, uh, folks. Um, but I do not believe in helping them with their mortgages. I believe in them paying a uh, being paid uh, competitively and living in a competitive environment where homes aren't $622,000. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the only uh, thing that I see that benefits... You have to pay them to live. Yeah. Uh, and in today's Daily Blast, I actually linked to their uh, public comment period on the affordable housing plan. Uh, oh. So we're going to trust the same people who are making housing Ooh. unaffordable in Santa Fe to make it better. But you're the people who created the problem, but uh, the budget also final final. I'll, I, I won't get too green green eye shade on people. This is my last item: five hundred thousand, half a million dollar allocation toward a green bank. This is green to help bank. low and moderate income residents solarize their homes oh, and reduce their regular monthly energy costs. They're the easiest if you give them money and tell them what to do with it. They'll do it. That's the amazing right. thing about poor people: is you give them money and then tell them how to spend it, and then them to buy from your store and get your green energy they'll almost do it every single time you know the, the thing about uh, poor people uh that uh is is really a good is they're generally by and large poor people are usually pretty good people um and they don't think of the negative in any of this so they're gonna be like oh okay am i saving the environment oh am i doing the right i want to do the responsible thing i want to do the right thing and this is inevitably how they get poor because uh, they end up doing all the things that rich people tell them what to do. <laughs> well, I, this, I, I could, I should be sending taking advantage of them of the in, entitled. Uh, if I remember tonight, I will send this link to uh, our friends, Lou Rockwell down at the uh, Von Mises oh, Institute in, in Alabama. Mm. I, yeah. I love this. This is libertarian thinkers who came long before I did develop this concept. It's not my concept. The people who create the problem, sell you the solution so the great noble big mm. government folks yep. they will implement the policies that make life unaffordable or, or whatever the unintended consequences are and then when once the problem becomes real for example your energy costs are very high here comes another program to deal with the problem that they created yep. so it's a wonderful ratchet effect it always gets worse it never gets better so we'll we'll impoverish you with high energy costs then we'll start a half a million dollar fund in order to get you to buy solar panels yeah uh, shared misery uh they don't want you to do better than them 
And then the ones that are doing good will never let you know how good they are actually doing unless they get indicted in uh, in New York State. Brian Benjamin, have you seen this guy? He's out. <laughs> Look at his wiki page. Look at the picture that's on the wiki page. This guy's the lieutenant governor of the state of New York. I mean, his, uh, <clears throat> let's see, let's see. Um, age 45, went to Brown, went to Harvard, uh, interned at the Bill Lynch and Associates, alumni, elected trustee of Brown University, probably no more. Spent three years at Morgan Stanley as an investment advisor. Let's get, let's get, let's get real. Benjamin was a supporter of Barack Obama, co-founder of Harlem for Obama. Helped encourage Harlem support for then-senator and hosted a fundraiser for him in 2008. After his election, Obama's election, the infrastructure of Harlem from Obama contributed to Benjamin's organization called Young Professionals United for Change, YP4C. It instituted a mentoring program at Wadley School and organized young people. 2012, Benjamin was an Obama delegate to the Democratic National Convention, raised money for his re-election. I see how you get to lieutenant governor. Apparently, uh, you have an investment advisor, and then you raise money for Obama. In 2016, he became the chair of the Manhattan Community Board 10 in central Harlem, taking advantage of uh, Harlem. The opposed redevelopment plan that included towers, two-story retail space. Like, this is a total case in point of what we were just speaking about. Two-story retail spaces, underground garages, and a community park. Benjamin, in 2017, was the managing partner of Genesis Company's real estate firm. He bounces around. At the same time, on the verge of becoming the New York State Senate Democrat nominee, his firm sued by its co-investor in a legal dispute over alleged scheme to divert revenue from a fire cell in an Abyssinian development to the investors of 31 properties. <laughs> uh, Manhattan Supreme Court judge issued a preliminary injunction, freezing the assets until the dispute was settled. Genesis companies denied the allegations. The case was sent to arbitration. Then he went to the New York Senate. Um, <clears throat> he... Uh, Ran for and won a vacant seat in the New York City Council. Then Benjamin then ran to succeed Perkins in Harlem's District 30. That's a, a, a no-brainer for him. He won the nomination, receiving 63% at the convention. And then he defeated Don Simmons, Republican, and the reform candidate, Vargas, uh, over 91% of the vote. 91% of the vote this guy got. <laughs> That's Saddam Hussein numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very low voter turnout for the election. 4%. He was sworn into the seat June 5th. Pledge to protect, quote-unquote, progressive values. I bet progressing right into his wallet. Shortly before or after his election to the Senate, the CEO of Benjamin's former employer, Genesis, filed a reportable business relationship form in the New, Mexico, New York State lobbying ethics watchdog panel. Uh, they stated that it had retained Benjamin as an advisor for 60 k a year to consult on real estate development matters. He consulted for his former firm, but asserted he was not compensated, but there was $60,000. <laughs> That's the beginning of the story. He would not explain the form that had been filed, repeatedly denied receiving any outside income. Uh, then he was named chair of the Revenue and Budget Subcommittee in 2018. Uh, 2020, Benjamin sponsored and passed the Rainy Day Fund Bill. Let's see what else he did. 2021 session, he was named the chair of the Committee on Revenue and Budget. January 2021, he proposed a bill to make it easier for ex-convicts to obtain state-issued IDs when they leave jail down. Uh, a, a law that he'll actually get to uh, put in practice now that he's been arrested. He's also sponsored a bill, parole bowl, so parole violations such as testing positive for drugs, failing to report, and failing to notify for the change in address would not lead to incarceration. There you go. He's going to get to use that as well. He has tweeted support for defunding the police uh, as well. He uh, was earning up to $50,000 a year as a board member of NextPoint, a company led by a Wall Street executive who came under fire for his subprime mortgage crisis in 2008. 
Andrew <laughs> Neuberger. Yep. Uh, he acquired up to $250,000 in X-Point stock. Um, this is not a good side, said housing advocate Sia Weaver. This was in addition to him receiving an additional $120,000 a year as a state senator. Politics pays, folks. That month, a coalition of 34 progressive groups hosted a protest outside Benjamin's home, sent a letter majority leader of the New York State Senate, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, calling for his removal as chair of the Senate Budget Revenue Committee. And you think it'll all be over right there. Oh, not by a long shot. Benjamin ascends to the throne after all of this stuff. He ran for the nomination for the New York City Comptroller. Then in the Democratic primary, ran against entrepreneur, nonprofit founder, and U.S. Marine Zach Iskol. City Council member Brad Ladner, candidates who raised 125, he could have paid himself, for at least $500 uh, donors qualified for matching funds. He got that as well. And then as of February 16, 2021, he was one of three candidates who qualified for matching funds. Former Governor David Patterson endorsed Benjamin, as did U.S. Representative Charlie Rangel. You know, I used to do calls with Charlie Rangel on... uh, uh, you will. Uh, we you we hear still my... have the KKK in uh, America. Well, they wear blue blazes and red ties. Oh the KKK God. never went away. This guy That's was in opposition within our uh, our campaign. Uh, General Wesley Clark. Charlie Wrangell is on the phone. He's consulting for General Wes Clark. The marvelous, marvelous man. And New York State Senator John Liu uh, Lander won the primary election. Benjamin received 11.6% of the vote. And then, out of nowhere, like a Scirocco in the desert, Benjamin <laughs> yes, yes. was appointed by New York Governor Kathy Hochul to position of Lieutenant Governor of New York. This was after, uh, you know, uh, the best uh, Glenn Beck uh, thing that he does is when he does his impression of Cuomo. Oh, yeah. Hochul, who was elected lieutenant governor in 2014, reelected 2018, became governor of New York on August the 24th, 2021, following the resignation of her predecessor, Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. <laughs> My That's sin was that I love the people of New York too much. And the people I love most of New York are attractive young women. What? What's wrong, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? This event created a vacancy in lieutenant governor position, and he was sworn in September 9th. He is the second black lieutenant governor in the history of the state of New York. Following a swearing in, Benjamin said he had reimbursed his campaign account for the large payment that was made to an event to uh, in October 2018. The same month he and his wife held a wedding party. The payment had been questioned by the board. He paid for his wedding. I'm not making this up. It's right there, folks. He paid for his wedding with election money. <laughs> There it is. His wife, uh, Kathleen, live in Harlem, or she, he did live in Harlem. I don't know what detention center he's going to. With her two daughters, Caroline and Olivia. So there you go. Oh, life is tough. Uh, speaking of New York, uh, we'll give you a quick update on the uh, Brooklyn subway shooting. Um, the suspect, uh, hundreds of New York City police officers engaged in a citywide manhunt for the person suspected of shooting and wounding 10 people on a subway train and platform during the rush hour this morning. Seven others are treated for shrapnel wounds, smoke inhalation, and panic. Your media uh, treated it as the only news event of the day. There was literally nothing else on TV, I'm sure. Right? Is that, is that about right, Dowd? I don't know. I don't watch TV. But I'm, I'm assuming they were, where you're looking at 35th Street in the Brooklyn subway. They probably didn't stop looking at that. Five foot, five inch black man. I'm surprised they used the word black. You, right? At this point. Dressed in a green construction vest, gray hooded sweatshirt, open fire. 
As the train was pulling into the 36th Street subway station in Sunset Park, according to officials, a motive has been established for the shooting. A motive? How about hate? Uh, when you're shooting 10 people randomly, well, that would be the hate. Uh, and the incident isn't being investigated as an act of terrorism. Oh, how do they say that? That's weird. At a briefing Tuesday evening, police said they found a van abandoned on Brooklyn Highway. They believe the suspect used in connection with the shooting. Officials say they were searching for the man named Frank James, who officials said had rented the van, described as a person of interest. Mayor Eric Adams, who recently tested positive, well, I don't know why they were saying that, uh, met with police officials, asked New Yorkers to stay away from the area. Most of the schools located near the 36th Street subway station were released from lockdown by the end of the school day. We will not allow New Yorkers to be terrorized. So apparently not investing in his terrorism, but they're using the word terrorized, uh, according to the New York Mayor. Eddie, I've got a, uh, just from the New York Post, something a little sure. even more current. Uh, a 62-year-old yep. man who railed against Mayor Adams, that would be the, hmm. the, the mayor of New York, and made bizarre threatening rants on YouTube has been identified as a person of interest in the savage Brooklyn subway attack this morning. Frank James who warned last month that he was, quote, entering the danger zone, close quote, rented a U-Haul van tied to the N-train attack in Sunset Park. He's being sought for questioning. In one lengthy video, the suspect or the person of interest said, quote, Mr. Mayor, I'm a victim of your mental health program. I'm 63 now, full of hate, full of anger, and full of bitterness. Uh, he said that he had a diagnosed mental illness and railed against what he called the, quote, unquote, horror show, of the city's mental health services. What's going on in that place is violence, he said, about a facility he claimed to have received care from. Not physical violence, he explained, but the kind of violence a child experiences in grade school that would make him go get a gun and shooting mother effers. Uh, apparently he's from New Mexico, according to this. New York subway shooter possibly began his trek to New York from New Mexico. Uh, According to the previously known to FBI and cleared, seems like a pattern. This coming from Cernovich. Can you look that up on Twitter sure. and pull up that entire, uh, entire thing? It says a U-Haul van with Arizona plates, AL31408, located at Kings Highway, West 3rd Street. Benson, her suspect, believed to have driven from New Mexico directly, was previously known to FBI, cleared in 2019, uh, Dowd. So uh, not sure what Cernovich else says uh, they're fighting, but uh, there you go. Um, I guess that wouldn't be... The most surprising thing. 33 shots were fired on the train, by the way. Uh, Mr. Soul said the 9mm handgun, extended magazines, liquid believably gasoline, hatchet, consumer-grade fireworks, all found at the scene. Um, they have identified him again as Frank James. And how old did you say he was? Uh, 62, 63, around there. 62. There you go, Dowd. Whoa. Um, yeah. All right. Uh Rattle off some more uh, news stories, if you shall, uh, for a couple minutes. I'll be right back here in uh, two and two. Uh, D-Dowd Muska has the helm from here. Go ahead, Dowd. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit today, folks, about uh, media, social media. And I know that uh, an awful lot of you uh, wisely have gotten out of it. Uh, I ended my personal social media accounts, and uh, I do have one trying to promote Rock of Talk, and I don't apologize for that. But they don't have my data uh, in regarding you know what I, what I do throughout the day. This one bugs me more than a little because I think – yeah, we can whine about young people in America and the soy boys, and they are they are pretty awful, and the soy girls. But uh, it does seem like it may not entirely be their fault. Uh, so social media is playing a role here. And a lot of these kids, of course, came to this as very young people. They weren't even necessarily legal adults when those social media uh, 
the poison started to affect him. This is an article that was in the Daily Blast today. You can access this, access it at uh, rockoftalk.chat. How much is social media to blame for teens declining mental health? Great organization called the Institute for Family Studies. Uh, they are not uh, socially conservative. They're not religious. They're just data-driven as, as it relates to the health of marriage, the health of kids, that sort of thing. And I really like the work they do. Statistics are showing that, uh, yes, children, young people are reporting, you know, higher incidence of, uh, of mental health issues in light of the lockdown. But the problem began before uh, insane lockdowns. And they show you some statistics, some, uh, some charts on, uh, you know, self-reported thoughts about suicide, you know, suicidal ideation, depression, that sort of thing. The author makes two conclusions. First, the pandemic produced complex patterns in teen mental health. It's tempting to guess that the pandemic radically increased depression and suicide. Uh, instead, the panic seems to have had the biggest impact on more common lower level symptoms of depression. So I guess you can take that as some kind of good, uh, such as feelings of uh, sadness or uh, hopelessness, while not having as big of an impact on more serious issues like suicidal ideation. The exception to that pattern is the large increase, and this has been reported elsewhere, in ER admissions for self-harm among young teen girls uh, starting in 2020. As more data come in, and this is an interesting argument, we may see a differences between 2020 and then uh, 2021 and into the new year here. The lockdowns of 2020, and I have not seen this argument, but it's an interesting one, had some surprising silver linings for teenagers like more sleep and more time with family. But by 2021, with school back in session, but social lives still not back to normal and uncertainty abounding, economic uncertainty, uh, possible nuclear war by our lunatics in Washington, uh, mental health may have suffered more. The second point that's made, and this is, I think, the, the, the real problem, and there's, there have been some other researchers uh, uh, who've been looking into this. This is not a new thing. The trends show that something began to go wrong in the lives of teens about 10 years ago. The pandemic uh, led to much needed attention to the issues of teen mental health. Uh, the increases in mental health issues among teens, uh, however, predate the pandemic by several years. And in fact, some mental health indicators didn't change at all between 2019 and 2020, meaning we need to look elsewhere for the original cause. Something happened when social media started to <clears throat> take firm, firm hold, and it seems to be much more of a, uh, uh, have much more of an effect on, on girls than on boys. Uh, according to the author, the, uh, her recommendation, I don't necessarily agree with, with all of these things, uh, but uh, she is saying, I certainly agree with the first one, don't allow children 12 and under to have social media accounts under the law, the minimum age is 13, although this is not enforced. And I'm sure we all know, uh, have kids, grandkids, we've seen kids younger than 13 active on social media, maybe their older brothers and sisters and that kind of thing. So uh, just, it's a bad idea. It's, it's a very bad idea. Uh, but uh, the author recommends Gene uh, Twenge, uh, consider waiting till well past 13 to allow social media, perhaps up to 16. When teens do get social media, limit the time they can spend on the apps an hour a day is a good time limit. Frankly, that might, in my view, that might even be too much. Unfortunately, this effort can only go so far. Kids and teens want to be on social media because their friends are on social media. And those who are not on social media are, of course, left out or they'd be called, what, what, what the kids call them today, lame. This is a group problem, not just an individual family problem. Plus many kids and teens sign up for social media accounts without their parents' knowledge because the young ones tend to be a little more adept uh, than uh, we older types. As a result, 
Lawmakers are considering taking action to regulate kids and teens' use of social media. This is where uh, I'm concerned as a libertarian. Uh, <laughs> when any lawmaker is talking about doing anything, it concerns me uh, greatly. I, I just think maybe if we had better parents in America, we wouldn't have as big of a problem. Uh, perhaps this age minimum of 13 not always honored, will be enforced or even raised to 16. Perhaps there will be safer versions of social media apps for 13 to 17-year-olds. I don't know. That, uh, that that sounds like maybe a bit of a stretch. Whatever we do, we sh it should be soon. Our kids can't wait. Again, that's a post available at rockoftalk.chat in the Daily Blast from the Institute for Family Studies. <clears throat> even scarier than social media is what we might be going toward when it comes to virtual reality. The metaverse, you know, Zuckerberg wants us all to enter the uh, metaverse. I have an article from a couple of authors, including uh, Joel Kotkin, a really sharp guy out in California, walking those of us who really aren't very knowledgeable about this, about uh, virtual reality and what, how that's going, how how it will how it will function, how much more it'll play a role in in your life. Uh, I kind of prefer real reality to, to virtual reality. Interesting warning from, of all people, the Greek finance minister. Uh, he says that this metaverse, this virtual reality, we're all walking around wearing the, the goggles, may be the killer app for an emerging, quote, techno-feudalism, close quote, where a handful of companies essentially create, quote, absolute control of your senses with a multiverse created by some device, uh, close quote. Those firms could exercise excessive power over the disordered soul, a dystopia like that first explored in Huxley's Brave New World. And according to these authors, uh, that image sounds uh, scary, but as many of us fear it and want really no part of it, the real world is becoming increasingly problematic and people are seeking ways to escape the real world. And there are real problems in the real world, inflation, crime, uh, people panicked over covid I'm not one of them. You're, you're probably uh, not one of them. But as life gets more stressful, uh, as our fiscal and our, our financial situation uh, gets crazier and crazier, as, uh, as just general craziness gets crazier and more people are shooting each other and acting crazy, uh, it could be it, this, this, this false reality could have uh, much more appeal to lots of people. Uh, a place of escape, it may prove irresistible to consumers and highly profitable for providers. So it's an escape for people looking to get away from the brutality of reality, but it's a profit opportunity for big tech. Really interesting piece, kind of a scary piece, frankly. Uh, it is called, the metaverse isn't real yet, but it's already really lucrative. And you can read that if you visit rockoftalk.chat and become a subscriber. Scary, 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 scary times. <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not in the world of uh, hype and fear uh, mongering, but uh, we're, uh, we, we, we're, we, we, we got some problems. Uh, finally, I want to talk about the power of public employee unions. Eddie and I just talked about that. They are mad at CNM, Central New Mexico Community College. The public employee unions in this state <clears throat> run the show like they do in a lot of states. Uh, I wouldn't say probably not Florida or Idaho or South Carolina, but most of our blue states, it's really our government employees who run the show. They are not happy because the CDL licensing program, uh, the, the administration is looking to trim down the 12-week CDL licensing program, and staff members and union reps, not happy, not happy. 
All right, let's walk you through it. Diana Lucero, she's the program director for CNM's truck driving program, is calling out the governing board to reconsider this cut. Uh, they want to shift it to a four-week program. Uh, she said, considering the demand of in uh, the demand for supply train uh, chain drivers across uh, the nation, with eighty thousand drivers short in the United States, why would you ever think about sunsetting a program? We've been blindsided. Basically, what they're angry about is. Um, <clears throat> privatization. They're calling this privatization. The chief union goon there, I guess his name is uh, Williamson. Uh, they indicated that this change was about, about money. They want to basically privatize the program and move it over to CNM Ingenuity. That's a nonprofit that's associated with CNM. Uh, I guess it was established to link uh, corp businesses and corporations, link it to the uh, the university itself and, and uh, find those connections. Uh, and then he claims it would be a much, much inferior product. Union reps are not happy about this at all. They don't want it to go in from a 12-week course down to an intensive uh, four-week course. And again, it's just people being threatened and uh, maybe they just won't get as many hours and they won't get uh, as much job security. I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't really even know what job security is i, I i've never really what? knew that but uh if you work yeah. in government of course what are you talking about there <laughs> you don't know what job security is that's crazy uh, i work in what's called the dps the dreaded private sector uh oh, yeah. we have to actually yeah. perform in the dreaded private sector uh no. we don't have union contracts uh we don't get automatic raises we actually have to uh, increase production you know increase wealth do things more efficiently attract more customers and that's how we can potentially raise our income but that's uh that's reality okay uh final news on uh, the Batan Park down in Grant County. This is good, good, good news. A huge, huge turnout over the weekend. The uh, Batan Memorial Park uh, was on Saturday in Santa Clara, commemorated the 80th anniversary of the very dark day when the Allies surrendered uh, at, at the Battle of Batan. And then, of course, the death march began uh, horrific brutality that was uh so many of our the allied soldiers were subjected to by the imperial japanese thugs uh re, the park was rededicated huge turnout uh people came in from all over grand county and also other parts of the country family and friends gathered to honor the 111 local men uh who fought in the 200th and 515th coast artillery both of which were stationed in the philippines when that country fell to japan uh, uh 80 years ago and let me let me get the name right the uh, last surviving uh, uh last survivor of the Bataan uh, campaign uh, mr valderrama de herrera he was actually present for this and eddie you know people talk about the hokiness and the corniness of the old traditions i i grew up in connecticut uh, you know world war ii was still very present in the minds of people been to a lot of memorial day ceremonies uh, as i was growing up my parents brought us to those kind of things had a lot of people uh, in the family who were world yeah. war ii vets vietnam vets uh, you can call this kind of stuff hokey all you want i, I think it's it's part of the way that you maintain uh, a, a culture and a, and a national identity and uh, i threw it in the daily blast because it was some damn good news and we need it these days yeah we do need some good news all it is is bad news uh here there everywhere uh, i got some updates uh here this is directly from the fox uh news site police identify person of interest in connection with the new york city subway attack that left 29 people hurt um and then that that's kind of that's kind of crazy he, they're not able to track this guy for some weird reason uh he's uh the person of interest frank james and uh, they've got a picture of him driving the actual vehicle uh as well that he was going in at the 36th street station 10 people shot seven males three females 29 in all were treated hospital for gunshot wounds smoke inhalation other conditions 
So uh, 29 uh, and has been on all day. There's the uh, <clears throat> U-Haul. It is a white U-Haul van um, that is there, NYPD. It's time to take our country uh, whoa. back. Yeah. It's time to send it, yes, it is. Um, thanks for popping I agree. in. Yeah, I agree. We, we're, we're working on that every day. Uh, appearing on local Fox 5 affiliate New York, Eric Adams earlier said investigators are pursuing several leads and feel confident they will make an arrest. Um, you know, I think that's... Uh, a little bit left to be desired uh, in all of that, but uh, there you go. So we'll keep tabs on that. I just don't turn on the TV, um, and I know that a lot of you know. I don't, I don't know that anybody is is. I think a lot of people have broken the the cycle of you know news uh, themselves personally. Uh, they have figured out ways to you know manage, um, especially in a show uh, shutdown world, a COVID world, um, which seems to be what we're aiming for uh, yet again. Uh, they know that they have a, a gas price map thing on the Fox News. I didn't realize gas was $5.10 on average in Nevada. $5.74 California, $4.59 in Arizona. New Mexico, not doing too bad, by the way, but uh, Colorado uh, places the big, uh, the, the big uh, gas-producing state of Colorado less than New Mexico. Texas, yeah. Oklahoma, uh, Kansas. Uh, uh, we're, we're number two, ladies and gentlemen. No, number two. We're the number two state in petroleum production in the entire United yeah. States. We're, we're number two. Not number two in the West. Not number two in the Southwest. Not not, not number two uh, with uh, states along the Mexican border. Number two in the country. There it is. So, uh, all right, let's hit the top five. Speaking of numbers, and, uh, let's get the top five from the Daily Blast. Did you already do that? No, I haven't done it yet, and, and actually, uh, it, it's good because it, it, it's going to be a callback to some of the things we discussed on the show. Uh, number one, I'm really proud of my subscribers. The most, the story, the link that was most interesting to them: new study gives New Mexico's COVID response an F. F, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, Tessa Mentis picked it apart. She really showed how it's just a bunch of right-wing propaganda. Uh, number two, what I just mentioned, KRQE covering the public employee unions, bitching about possible budget cuts at the uh, driver's school, just literally about a block away from me here at CNM. Uh, CNM. Uh, number three, uh, you got you to gotta listen to this, uh, folks, if you haven't gotten to it yet, the subscribers. Cato Institute interview. Cato is suing the federal government to go after the FBI for all their nefarious activities, illicit activities uh, that are not authorized, basically investigating domestic wow. uh, peop, you know, activists from all different branches, political organizations. God bless the Cato Institute, and I hope they just continue to sue and sue and sue over this. Uh, number four, our good news of the day, fabulous turnout for the rededication of the park down in Grant County, honoring those World War II veterans who faced some of the most the worst brutality of World War II. And then number five, I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, Santa Fe is putting together a plan to make housing more affordable up there in Fantasy. And I think if anything, you can trust gonzo, uh, uh, irredeemable liberals to make really all your basic costs of living lower. I think we can trust them to do that. I, I think they're going to pull this one off. I think we got a lot of people to read that uh, that uh, India Palace uh, story as well. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Reading that uh, as well. It's almost like Eddie Aragon knew what he was talking about. Or <laughs> I think everybody needs to go ahead and uh, subscribe uh, today if they can. Pennies, pennies a day, and you're supporting a good cause. Uh, the Dow three thousand. Uh, you can uh, keep him here forever if you just uh, pay him, pay the man, pay the man his money. Uh, that is uh, his little business at rockoftalk.chat. Uh, we're at rockoftalk.com, rockoftalk, uh, of course, .tv. And as always, you can catch us on Roku, Amazon, and Apple TV. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in on AM 1600, KIVA, uh, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com.
Crying out for attention 